Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pixide Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez and Joel Dells. And this is now episode 126. In this episode, we are going to recap the NFL trade deadline, talk about backup quarterbacks taking over Halloween, Derrick Henry and Jameis Winston's injury, our midseason pick to make the Super Bowl, and talk about Henry Ruggs' unfortunate situation and also about Odell Beckham and his father calling out Baker Mayfield, basically. Real. That's what it felt Real. like. It is now episode 126. Joel Dells is in the building. PFF. Joel, PFF Joel. That's how y'all know him. And it's going to be a great episode. And shout out to all the love we've been getting this week on TikTok. We reached 600 downloads on our latest episode. Before that, it was like 500. Now 100 more. Let's get it. And also, Patreon shout out. And YouTube member shout out to Johannes, Ruben, Brian, Ricky, E, Enzo, Matthew, Sean Solis, Sean, Rice Family, John, Sean Triplett, Berno Hoops, Court Cousins, Ben Mack, P. George, Hikari, Mateen, J. Aqua. Good old J. Aqua, man. And Rafe, Rice Family wants us to call him Muffins, I think, right? That's yep, that's yep. the Browns. Okay. That's MH Fans. I thought you were about to tell me another person was I think gonna... that's I think that's MH Fans. It, it should be. Muffins? Yeah, it is Muffins. Yeah, muffins, yeah. He's it, lived for it that. has to be. It's an amazing name. And shout out to our sponsor, DraftKings, top left, the basketball podcast network. Use our promo code TBPN. Right now is not an advertisement, but we'll have one later on. So let's go on to the first topic of the show. I think we want to get right into things. We were talking about um, a lot of football before we recorded this show about Mike White and how much I hate that he won. <laughs> but before that, we're going to talk about the NFL trade deadline and the moves that were made. So the Jets got Laurent Duvernay-Tardif from the Chiefs. He's a Great pretty deal. good pretty good guard. Joe right? Douglas, once again, coming through in the clutch. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Chiefs got Dan Brown, a Ooh. tight end. The 49ers traded for Charles O'Menihue, edge rusher. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but he's from the Texans. Okay. The Chiefs got Melvin Ingram, and the Broncos traded Kerry Vincent to the Eagles, a cornerback they drafted in the later rounds of this past draft. So what do you think about the NFL trade deadline? I know we had no Deshaun Watson deal. Odell is very irate with the Browns right now. He didn't get dealt I don't know. So what did you guys think about the trade deadline? I forgot one big deal there. He's wearing the jersey. We're going to talk. We have our own individual <laughs> topic for Von Miller. Okay. But Von Miller did, you know, he did get traded to the Rams. Yeah. So I want, I, want, I want to ask you guys two questions. One, out of the moves that were made, which one do you think will be the most impactful? And two, I want to talk more about Dell in this situation with Baker because I think this is a big deal. But first, give your take on the deadline and the moves that were made. Yeah, I mean, I think easily the biggest deal has to be Von Miller. The rest of the deal is, you know, five or six around the league. Melvin Ingram has been, you know, just a player, rotational player for the Steelers. He'll come in. The Chiefs need all the help they can get defensively. So it's a solid move for them. Get some depth as the at the pass rusher position. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Rams getting Von Miller, even though they're giving up second and third round picks, they don't have any first, I think, till 2024, I want to say now, because of the Stafford trade earlier in the, in the offseason. Um, but yeah, they're bringing up another pass rusher. So that's easily the biggest move. Unfortunately, it is the biggest move, and I'm not a fan of all these the rest of these moves. Truthfully, I mean, there was nothing that really was groundbreaking other than the Von Miller news. Obviously, the Von Miller news broke, and I saw breaking. Denver Broncos are trading, so I'm thinking, oh, let's go. We're Deshaun. about to we're about make a, a move. I thought Deshaun when I first saw it. Oh, my God, if only, right? No, but we trade away our best player, probably our best player right now. What you can do? He thinks he's your best player right now. I mean, who else? You tell me. 
Justin, uh, Justin uh, Simmons. I, mean, I would say Justin Simmons. Yeah, f- maybe. Fair enough, but I have respect. Unlike some people, I respect my guy. But the, the Melvin Ingram, that that's that was a, a a decent move. I mean, I feel like obviously, if I'm the Chiefs, I wouldn't have wanted to trade away my O line, especially when they've been having some O line difficulties. But I can understand it. Obviously, the Jets need a, a lineman, and it just hurts. Truthfully, I'm still in mourning. And the fact that we gave away Von Miller just doesn't sit right with my spirit. Well, I think Melvin Ingram to the Chiefs is going to be huge. Uh, I I see him improving the defense. You know, he was used as a rotational rusher in Pittsburgh. He's not the guy he once was. Sure. But is he probably just as good, if not a little bit better than Frank Clark, as inconsistent as he is? He probably is. He probably takes their defense from being the 30th to like the 26th, 5th. You know, not that big of a jump, but that's still an improvement. I love the Jets getting Laurent Duvernay. Sure. Chiefs don't need him. You know, they're they're starting all rookies. You know, yeah. outside of Orlando Brown and uh, Joe Tooney, Tooney mm-hmm. it's Creed Humphrey, it's Trey Smith, it's Niang. They're not using Laurent Duvernay, and he's a good guard. He's not exceptional, but he's better than Greg Van Rotten. He's better <laughs> yeah, he's than been, Greg Van Roten. So, yeah. my, my fault, I mispronounced his name. That's I, a good one, though. I, did it, uh, I didn't do it intentionally. <laughs> But Greg Van Rowan, he's the worst guard on our team. And now we can have an offensive line of, when healthy, Makai Becton, ADT. I call him ADT. Elijah like Vera Tucker. He's been great. Connor McGovern, Laurent Duvernay, then Morgan Moses or George Fant on the right side. Duvernay's going to start like this upcoming week? I don't know if he'll, well, Thursday. I don't yeah, think he'll that's start true. Thursday. Probably not yeah. Thursday. But I think next week he'll start because Greg Van Rowan's been not bad. Good. Yeah, been bad. so. And against DeForest Buckner. Ooh, that's going to be God tough, bless. too. Were you guys disappointed? I'm only going to assume that the answer is yes. With what? Just in general with the whole trade deadline. I feel like every single year there's every always season. rumors that everything I mean, yeah, that, every that people deadline. are going to get moved. I feel like I would have not been disappointed if Deshaun Watson was moved. Yeah, oh, for sure. But, but there, the you t- can't make a tr- uh, Deshaun Watson did, trade right did, now. Did you guys think that Vaughn Miller was going to be the bigger name, the biggest name no. moved? I, feel no, like I wasn't expecting him I to get traded. At all. Yeah, I, you can't trade Watson right now because if you trade yeah. for him, you don't know what Goodell's going to do. Goodell's come out and said, like, once he gets traded, then we'll make a decision if he gets put in the commissioner's list. You can't give up two, three first-round picks. You get Watson, they're like, oh, yeah, he can't play the rest of the year. I was, I was hearing from Ian Rappaport that if Deshaun Watson got traded, he could play tomorrow. Yeah, because right now he's not on the commissioner's list. But Goodell has said once he gets traded, then we'll come but to I it, which is was, kind of weird by the NFL. I thought there was rules and regulations to being put on the, the exempt list. I thought you needed a felony charge, and I feel like there's one other thing. But right now he has You don't, don't think so. Because Josh Gordon has been put on it because of like weed, and he never got mm-hmm. like a felony because of that. AB, too. I don't know. That's I think those point. were misdemeanors. AB, but I could have swore uh, that AB was a felony. It might have been because he like punched like a mailman or yeah, something. Right? He like, did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. But I feel like there was one thing that I'm missing that was like he meets both of those that he, that he did not do. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't I thought, I thought the commissioner list is kind of up to Goodell. Like if he thinks you shouldn't be playing, then he could say, "All right, you're on the commissioner's list." Let's find out. Deshaun Deshaun not playing or Deshaun playing would would be a bad look for the league. Yeah, and we know that the league right now is trying to cater more to kids. You know, having Nickelodeon specials mm-hmm. now and stuff like that. So it would have been a bad look. But I want to talk about Odell Beckham for for a little bit because Odell Beckham Jr. He's been injured, he's had ups and downs, and he's been known as this drama queen around the NFL from his days with the Giants. So probably that's the reason why he hasn't acted out on the Browns. He hasn't come out and, you know, spoken publicly. He hasn't thrown temper tantrums on the sideline. He hasn't shown that passion. 
But his father posted a low light of Baker Mayfield basically not throwing to a wide open Odell. And when he did throw to him, just throwing complete ducks. And the highlight is on YouTube. It's It shows like four games of it. It looks bad. Did he delete the Instagram post or no? I don't think he deleted it. I was going to say, because yeah, hours after I saw it and I went to his page and still saw, saw the, the Browns clips. receivers liked that post as well. Oh, jeez. LeBron James <laughs> came out and said, free OBJ. John Moran even came out and said, free OBJ. So everybody's coming out it's saying free OBJ. I got no problem with LeBron saying it. Yeah, that's, that's Odell's boy. His dad put an 11-minute video is kind of crazy. Crazy yeah. or real? It's just, if Odell really wants to get moved, he should have done this weeks ago so the Browns have time to trade him. Now they don't. But I feel like it's been like an undercover thing that yeah. he wants out. He's the Browns should have been traded him because him and Baker don't mess. But do you think team would have taken on that salary, though? He, he has no been... guaranteed money after this year. So they could have. I mean, obviously you have to pay his salary this season. But after that, if you get him this year, he doesn't play well, you could cut him. And that's it. You free up all the money. But what do you think about this situation? Because I personally, obviously, it's an indictment on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, he's holding he's the Browns been back. In question. I know, but he's holding the Browns back. He is, but Odell's the only player he doesn't mesh with. Like, obviously, Baker's True. not a top ten quarterback in the league, but he's not. If he was as bad with everybody how he is with Odell, Case Keenum would have started a year ago, even though it wasn't on the I team. Know but you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. a backup would have started by now. It's just his connection with Odell for whatever reason, it doesn't work. Baker also was the number one pick overall, so I feel like obviously he has a little bit more leniency than any other quarterback that would stink it up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, how many times have we seen Baker Mayfield just not be that dude? I mean, there are plays where Odell is the first read and he's yeah. wide open no, and Baker doesn't throw to Wide him. open with like, yards. Why, why is this happening? Why, why is Baker not passing it to Odell? I feel like we've been, how many conversations have we had that Baker Mayfield, for some reason, whenever Baker, when whenever Odell's not on the field, he thrives. Last season was his best season, obviously, since his rookie season. And Odell wasn't on the field. And Odell missed basically the entire season. And they almost went to the AFC Championship game. And and Baker was had a bunch of very impressive uh, impressive throws. He made uh, Donovan Peoples, excuse me, I'm blanking on Donovan Peoples-Jones? Not Donovan Peoples. Rashad Higgins? Rashad Higgins. Rashad Higgins was solid last season. We haven't seen him almost at all this year. And I spoke to it a little bit on the last time we spoke football. Baker Mayfield has had chances to shine this season and get his team the the win, and you just can't rely on him in, in certain situations. That game against the Chiefs opening weekend, he should have se- secured that game by far. They have the best rush, rush, one of the best rush offenses in the league. They should have put that away. They let the Chiefs come back on them, a Chiefs team that we've seen what they are. They really aren't the best as of right now. And the one opportunity that he need, or the one opportunity that he had to 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 win the game for the, the team. He completely folded through an interception. And he looked terrible. So it's not like the it's not the absolute first time or that that Baker's been in question at least this year. Looking back uh, prior seasons, his second year he was significantly worse than when he was in his rookie year. Off his rookie year, they thought that the Browns made the genius yeah. pick. Freddie Kitchens was terrible, but at the same time, you look at that video and you truthfully just understand what Odell is going through. He's got yards of separation. He's sitting in zone coverages, wide open, by himself, no defender near him, and he's just not getting the ball. The perfect game to think about is the one against Minnesota. He had two touchdowns, Mm -hmm. not one, two touchdowns with at least... Three to five yards of separation, and Baker on the Which is wide open in the NFL. Oh, but like, and when you're Odell, that's all you need. Yeah. And he completely underthrew him. Yeah. Both times. So it's, to a degree, do I, do I agree with what you're saying about his dad posting in and being a little bit over the top? For sure. But when there's a 10 minute long clip of highlights like these, 
I could understand if it was like a, a minute, two minutes max type video where he's just, you know, little mistakes. Because then you could be like, listen, he's nitpicking here. Ten minute long video of what? How many second clips? Yeah, At short. most 20? Yeah. There is about There is about six plays. No, I wouldn't say six. There's about four plays every game where Baker misses Odell. And it's every week. And I I feel like. That video going viral is dispelling a narrative about Odell right now. That's a fact. That he's washed. Because if you watch that, Odell is not washed. He's not producing. He doesn't have the stats because of Baker. But if Baker was finding him, we'd be talking about Odell as a top 10 receiver in the league right now in terms of yardage this season. If if Baker was connecting. So I feel like that narrative is getting dispelled that, Baker, that Odell is washed. And I think in a different situation... He could thrive. The Saints are looking at him right now if he gets released. I forgot who else is looking oh, at uh, him. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Henry Ruggs. We're going to talk about that. Listen, he goes to the Packers. Things get scary. I'm serious. Him, Rodgers, Devontae. Jesus Christ. Because yeah. then who you, you obviously are going to look at Devontae Adams way more. So mm-hmm. what? You're going to have... Odell Beckham on an island by himself. Would you pick the Packers to make the Super Bowl to win it if they have Odell? I can't. No. I can't. They're not over the Rams. I still no, they'd be the third in the NFC for me. With Odell, they got to third get over it. who? Who's your top two? Rams and Bucks. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, no Rams. Oh, you said Rams, Rams and Bucks. Bucks. Okay, yeah. I didn't hear the cards. That's why I guess that's what I was yeah. looking for. Without that defense, without a healthy defense from the Packers, I'm still unsure. Obviously, we got to see Jair come back. Uh, Smith has to come back. But they played excellent against the Cardinals without majority that was one of, the of most their guys. Impressive wins by the Packers and Malafleur. Malafleur. His play call is good. He's, he's him. Malafleur. I'll give him his man. respect, but at the same time, as long as you have that bad man on the field, this game upcoming will be indicative of whether Malafleur is really like that. Do you think Rodgers gets suspended because of this whole COVID? I'm vaccinated, but he's not vaccinated. I can't believe the league or the team. I don't know how exactly it's run, but how do you not have to show proof of vaccination? Because he's on the sideline, he's in meetings, he's at press conferences, no mask on. There's no way the NFL is like, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers, go ahead and do it. So either he lied to everybody, or I mean, I don't think he's showing them a fake vaccination card, but he said something's he did, going on. He said he had had another form of immunization. immunization. Yeah, and he asked the he league went to Canada, right? He asked the league, like oh, can this count? And they said no. Somebody tweeted that Aaron Rodgers is an atheist and he doesn't even believe in science. This guy is. This guy's unbelievable. He's definitely a unique character. Yeah. I mean, people talk about like his family life and how he's not even close to his family. He doesn't talk to them at all. So it doesn't surprise me that Aaron Rodgers is doing some out-of-the-box no, out activities, especially when it comes to, to things it. like that. I mean, I'm being nice. He's a legend. I got to respect him. But at the same time, he shacked at a fool here. And bro's on the COVID list, and now he looks even worse. So what do you think about Odell, though? Do you think that Odell still has what it takes to be one of the better receivers in the league, like a top 15, top 10 receiver? Gotcha. I think ideally he's a number two on a team. I don't think if he could really go out anywhere and be the number one and, and command the 10 Jets? plus targets a game, he could go to the Jets. I think a 1A, 1B situation would work, too. Do we think he's significantly better than Corey Davis? I do. I don't know about that. I do. You're low on Corey Davis. He, he is You low. absolutely love this, the Corey Davis. Signing. I like Corey Davis. But I think he's a low end one, high end two. Which is why I, I think, think Odell is. I about think now. Odell is better than Corey See, Davis. But that's debatable because I just feel like there's so like Odell came back this season after missing an entire last year, missed a few weeks this year with the torn ACL, and put a five for eighty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like he still has it in the tank. It's it's I I don't want to sound very mean to Baker, but at the same time, 
it pains me to watch him sometimes because dude just is so hit or miss. Some games, like against the Chargers, he's otherworldly. And then other games against Minnesota, a defense that has been pretty lenient and given up points to the quarterback, he folds. Only scores what? 14 points total? The is team- Odell better than his teammate Jarvis Landry, his best friend? That is that is like, as at this point in time, 100% I'm taking Odell Beckham. Now Jarvis if, is the number one, though. And, and it's because Jarvis and Baker have a connection. For some reason, Odell and Baker don't click. If Baker went, excuse me, if Odell went to Indianapolis with Carson Wentz, that would be extremely yes. intriguing. You need another, extremely. you need some kind of other weapon. I, I love that because the Colts have had a receiver problem for a while that they have failed to address. They know T.Y. Hilton gets injured all the time. I'll give respect to Michael Pittman. He's been balling. Michael Pittman was a great pick. I wanted the Jets yep. to draft him. Yeah, that would have been fun. I loved him, on, I loved him in the draft process. T.Y. Hilton gets injured every single season, yet they brought him back. You know he gets hurt all the time. Odell could be that deep threat because Michael Pittman, he's a possession receiver. He could go deep as well, but he's not a burner. He's not a burner. Michael Pittman is a possession receiver. He has great hands, though. He can catch over the top, but he's not a burner. Odell can be that deep threat that can, you know, have defenses uneasy. And, you know, you're going to keep a safety over here because that's Odell. I don't think people are keeping, keeping a safety over the top for Michael Pittman. And that's where I feel like the Colts offense is a bit limited because their receivers are who? Michael Pittman, if T.Y.'s not out there where he, he usually is, and it's yeah. Zach Pascal. I was going to say, like, who, who's too. there? Like, they only had three healthy receivers last game. You know, like, they've had this problem for a while. They're, they're legitimately a receiver away from being a dynamic offense. Yeah, you bring Odell into that group of guys, especially the way that that offense has been running. With Jonathan Taylor. Whew. And the fact that they've been running JT out of the slot, too. Which is what they Frank, should Frank have been doing. Frank Wright yeah. has been doing some genius things this year. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it helps that Carson Wentz is, has, you know, obviously had a, a renaissance in his his game once again. But if you looked at the at the, the the Eagles last year, sure, Carson Wentz looked bad. But it was a lot of overcompensation for, for a team that really wasn't that good. Now you see him in an actual offense that is providing him with time in the pocket, a bit, you know, the chance to scramble outside and make some plays. You put Odell into the mix, things get interesting. Where else would you like to see Odell go? At this point, he needs to go anywhere but Cleveland. Like, I know I said he's not a crazy upgrade over Corey Davis, but it's a Baker Mayfield issue. I don't I don't think it's a talent wow. issue for Zach Odell. Wilson, I would love Corey and Odell <laughs> with Elijah Moore. Put him in uh, uh, yeah. the other New York squad. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's I don't think he goes there just for that yeah, reason. He's, he's you know going to go to contender though? if he gets released. He's going to go to contender. I like the Saints, but I only like the Saints if they get Philip Rivers or Cam Newton. I don't. Like I don't. That. I, you know, like I don't want Odell to be with Trevor Simeon, but I don't want him to be with Philip Rivers or Cam Newton because then he's not going to get any big plays over the top. Yeah, I don't think the Saints know. are a good fit for him. Yeah, because you're I right. I still but... can see Odell Beckham being a deep threat. I've seen it this year where he has the corners beat, and just, he's just not getting the ball in spots where he can actually make a play. The Raiders would be good. The Raiders yeah, would be Raiders, very good. Raiders uh, would be very good, but at the same time, that offensive line still sketches me out. But yeah, I but do. Derek Carr's, Derek Carr's, Carr's been great. It was reported that Baker Mayfield. The Browns are comfortable with paying him thirty mil a year and extending him. And would you do that? Because I I think that Baker Mayfield, he's a good quarterback. I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. I think he's a filler. In a couple of years, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Baker in the same light that we talk about Teddy Bridgewater. Ooh, that's rude. But I understand where you're coming from. You know what I mean? It's you can't. If I'm the Browns, he's the first quarterback that come into the room and has changed the franchise. Do I think that it's in credit of him fully? Probably not. 
But do I give him some some credit? For sure. I mean, you don't come in and and come to one of the worst franchises, arguably the worst franchise in the NFL, and make them a respectable team and not have any kind of praise to your name in that sense. But in terms of a consistent basis, and now you know you're actually a premier team and people are actually starting to look at you as one of the top dogs, you start to get scrutinized a little bit more for your play. So him becoming Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know. I feel like he a lot would a little have bit to, better. I think yeah, he's better than fair. Bridgewater, yeah. but I don't. I wouldn't want to pay him thirty mil. But no. what other choice do you have? You're saying Odell, or you're saying no, Baker. Baker? I thought you were yeah. saying uh, Odell was getting thirty million. No, no, no Baker. Baker. Yeah, you don't want to pay him. You but have you, to. You have to. You have to because you don't have another choice. The Browns have gone through their whole, basically their whole franchise history without having a quarterback, and Baker's probably their best one. And you know would, what I think it is also. I think that sometimes teams mess up by getting rid of a quarterback too early and not having a backup plan. For example, the Rams. They could have gotten rid of Goff a year or two earlier, but they saw their options and said, we don't have any options right now, so let's wait it out. We're going to pay Goff, even though we paid him. Goff was also phenomenal, though, the yeah. year he got paid. He's like, we're going to pay him, yeah. but we're, when, when, when a guy's available like Matthew Stafford, we're going to get him. So the Browns have to be looking at that like, okay, we're going to keep Baker, but as soon as a guy's available that is a definitive upgrade, we're going to go get him. That's hard because the Rams... When they paid Goff, that was coming off the Super Bowl year where Goff put up crazy stats. He was bad in the Super Bowl, but the year after is when he really regressed. Yeah. So when you pay a guy that much and then you trade him, obviously we see all the dead money that comes. And the same thing would happen from Baker. Like, yeah, they could give him that money, but then they have to be fine with eating all of that dead cap. The only thing I could see is a team wanting Baker or a team that's early in the in the in the draft and the Browns want to trade up because they see a quarterback they like and, and they go and they trade up for them. But I feel like even then if I'm the Browns, I don't want to do that because my team right now is built to win. And that was in part of Baker taking a huge step forward and being that guy that you thought that he would be. And he hasn't been that up until this point. And that defense really hasn't been that, at least what we expected this season at all. Yeah, that defense has been a huge liability. On to the next topic. We're going to talk about Henry Ruggs. And this is a touchy subject, very unfortunate situation. He was involved in a DUI. He was the driver in a car that was going 156 miles per hour crash into a into the rear of another vehicle to a 23 year old woman she was found dead on site and henry Ruggs is facing two felony charges dui rec- resulting in death and reckless driving what do you think about this situation i mean this is heartbreaking not only for the family that lost a young woman a daughter potential friend whatever you want to call it. But Henry Ruggs too, like one decision can mess up your entire life. And he was driving recklessly, 156 miles per hour. His, he was, he was over drunk. The, yeah. over, he was over the limit by double. like yeah. double. And that was and, like a couple hours after, like that's when they processed he, him. Didn't he crash at like 127 miles yeah. an hour? Yeah. He's lucky to be alive. And I mean, what he has, and he a, had a, his girlfriend in the, in the passenger. I was going to say, he has a few broken ribs. You see like the slash on his nose, his neck's messed up, neck but brace. I'll be honest. You look at him. He, yeah. he lucked out. Yeah. Cause there's I mean, a, there's a strong chance he could have died. Yeah. I mean, thoughts and prayers go with the family of the girl, oh, obviously sure, man. Henry Ruggs. This, I mean, it's not an NFL topic, but don't drink and drive. I mean, especially your Henry Ruggs, you have the whole world in front of you. Your first round pick, you're having a breakout season. You know, you you really look like you could take that next step and being a really good wide receiver and one wrong mistake, you know, get behind the wheel one time. That's all it takes. So, you know, I, I wish him the best. I hope he gets the help he needs. Um, but I don't think he's going to play in the NFL again. 
Uh, this is a tough subject, truthfully. I mean, you look at a guy like Henry Ruggs, and like you mentioned, he's having a, a really solid year. He definitely has improved from last season. To get behind the wheel when there's Uber, Lyft, call a taxi, have one of your boys who's with you who's not in the position that you're in drive you, just be a little bit smarter. Have a weapon in the car. Yeah, we didn't even talk yeah, about that. Th- there's just a lot of ways that he could have went around this. Sure, he's he's drunk, he's under the influence, and that obviously impacts your judgment. But I can tell you right now, there's not a time where I've been drunk and thought, not let once. me go over 100 miles an hour, let alone let get alone behind get a wheel. Yeah, no. it's just, And I'm not in the NFL. I'm not making millions of dollars. That's a that's just the thing that these athletes have sometimes in their heads. They think that they're getting all this money and they're above the law, they're above certain situations that normal people are, you know, don't usually get away with. Then they do stuff like this and they realize, "Oh, I'm human too." And so it's unfortunate because obviously he he could have he could have been a primetime player in the NFL and his life could be over, truthfully. I mean, it's there's a strong possibility, especially his NFL career is over. Most likely done. I mean, Dante Stallworth got 30 days, so I'm I don't know what the could Raiders happen. cut him two hours after. Did it he happens. come back to the NFL? Who Dante Stallworth? He did. He did come Pretty back. Sure. I'm not sure if he did. It, we're, I we're in different I'm, times no, too, for sure. Very and I don't times. I don't believe Henry Ruggs is going to ever play football ever again. It's a possibility, bro. Does twenty years in jail? Like he, could, his entire life yeah. is changed forever off one decision. Yeah, because it's different if you you get that charge right. It was DUI with uh, murder, with murder yeah. resulting in death. It's yeah. one thing if you know it's like a manslaughter charge and it's an accident. But he's going one hundred fifty miles an hour. He's drunk. He has a weapon in the car. One, it's easy to it's easy to prove that there's intent there, you know, or malicious intent. I should one say. thing I did. Find out though is that Las Vegas actually has a little bit more leniency in terms of DUI accidents. So because obviously Las Vegas is such a live place and people are drinking all the time, they know that people are going to be drinking and driving. So the penalty is not as harsh as it is in other places. So before it came out that he was going 156, people thought that it was possible he could get the minimum, which would be two years. But now you find out that he's going over 150. He blew over double of what the legal limit is for blood alcohol in your system. He's he's done for. Unfortunately, it's it's sad. Like you mentioned, thoughts and prayers goes out to the family of the woman that was impacted. But it, it's just a sad situation all around. I mean, this is bigger than football, and that's why no I don't I want to I don't want to bring any of his stats into it, anything that he's done, because this is bigger than football, and I think. Well said. Henry Ruggs to be so young to make a mistake like this, it's going to cost him his future, his livelihood. He's still on a rookie contract and paying those lawyer fees, trying to fight this case, the lifestyle he's living, buying these cars. He could be in a position where when he comes out of jail, he is broke. And that's the harsh reality of it. I hope it doesn't happen, but there's a big possibility that it does. He now has to live with the guilt of doing something like this, knowing that you survived, knowing that you killed somebody and, it, it's tough to do because when you're intoxicated, you're you don't really know what's happening. You know, you don't you don't have that type of remorse. But now that he's sobered up, he realizes I really did this. Like this is something that I that I did. If he does get the minimum, which is of two years, who knows how people view him after that? Who knows what it's going to be? I, I'm not going to say that it's out of the question he could return to the NFL because if a team looks at him and he's 25 years old. And they still see somebody that runs a 4-2, 
we know the NFL is a business and they're about winning. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But this is just unfortunate. And Las Vegas, you mentioned it, is a place that a lot of people party. And that's why I think part of the reason maybe moving a team to Las Vegas was the wrong decision. Because Josh Jacobs had a DUI earlier this this season. I mean, earlier this year, not this season. He had a DUI earlier this season. If you're a famous athlete in the state of Las Vegas, football player, you're on top of the world, Allegiant Stadium, brand new stadium, it's very easy for you to get mixed up in that lifestyle that results in more mistakes like that. Obviously, it's it's just been Henry Ruggs and Josh Jacobs got a DUI earlier this, this year, but there's more of a chance for that to happen. And Derek Carr's came out and he's heartbroken about it. You know, Raiders fans were hoping for a great season. John Gruden is now gone. Henry Ruggs is now gets involved in this accident. You know, there's a lot of things going on. And I just think this is, un- this is unfortunate that this had to happen, you know, not only for Henry Ruggs and the guilt that he has to face later on, because I, he deserves whatever's coming to him 100%. But I still feel remorse for him in the fact that he has to deal with this guilt and it's a huge burden. And then the woman that lost her life, 23, she has her future in, in front of her as well. The same age as Henry Ruggs. And then the pain that her family has to deal with, it's a lot. It's a lot to come by. It's just unfortunate, too, because you look at the Raiders and, you know, people should be praising them for what should be like what has been going on. I mean, a lot of people were low, me included, on the team com- coming into the season. And instead of looking at them as a, wow, this is one of the biggest surprises of the football season. They've been playing excellent. Now they have to deal with John Gruden. Now, th- now they have to deal with Henry Ruggs. And they're taking away from the excellent things that they're doing on the field and what should actually be at the forefront. But now it's on situations that clearly deserve more attention. It's just unfortunate that it's taken away from the team's success. Yeah. Hopefully Henry Ruggs comes out of the situation a better person. And if, you know, learns from his mistakes and really feels this because, you know, there is a possibility that he doesn't even care. So, uh, yeah, no, that's yeah. tough. I don't know if I'm willing to go that the, far. Yeah, I don't know. But I understand. Like, it's there's a possible there's a, a there's a, a po- possibility. there's a possibility that he cares that he's going to jail, and but doesn't care about the loss, the life that he took. I hope. So I hope that's I mean. not true. I think once you know time will come. You know, as time's going to pass, we're going to find out more and more about Henry Ruggs's past and things that he's done. So, from what we've or, or have known up until this point, Ruggs really has not been an, anywhere in the news related yeah. to anything negative. But obviously, this is just one of the worst things that could have happened to yeah. him. And obviously, it's going to be on his name forever. This past Sunday, it's Halloween. Was it or was it yeah, Monday? It was no, Sunday, Sunday. Monday? Sunday was Halloween. Sunday was Halloween. It was the day of the backup quarterbacks. Geno Smith won versus Jacksonville. Cooper Rush beat Minnesota. Sunday night football. Trevor Simeon beat the Bucks, the big mighty Bucks, with Tom Brady and company. And then Mike White beat the Cincinnati Bengals in his first career start through for 405 yards. His jersey is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame right now. And they're talking about a quarterback controversy between him and Zach Wilson. Which backup quarterback win was most surprising to you? It was between two players for me. It was between Cooper Rush and and Mike White. Now, I'm a Jets fan. I watched. I didn't watch the game live, honestly, because I didn't have any interest in it, right? Zach wasn't playing. We're coming off a terrible loss to the Patriots against a Bengals team who probably their biggest win in the last five, six years against the Ravens, right? Absolutely blowing them out. I'm thinking we're going to get 30 clips. Um, but I watched the game after, and, and Mike White was Mike White. You know, he put up a crazy stat line. 
37 completions. He had 405 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. One wasn't really his fault. Another one was thrown behind him. Um, but I think the most impressive win was Cooper Rush playing on Sunday Night Football against a really good Vikings team. Unlike Mike White, he actually threw the ball down the field, had an average up target about 10 yards, which is, you know, probably top 10, 15 in the league. Lamar leads it right now at around 11 yards. Um, obviously had a great uh, game-winning throw to Amari Cooper at the end of the game there. And Minnesota, or I should say Dallas, competing not only for uh, the division, but competing for the number one seed. This sure. is a big game against an, another NFC opponent that, you know, once tiebreakers come around and if they do have to go multiple times to the NFC record, that's going to be a big win on his record. So to me, it's Cooper Rush. Mike White looked fine. I know I'm sure we're going to get into more Mike White in a little bit, um, <laughs> but I'll take Cooper Rush as the most surprising win. Believe it or not, I don't have Mike White as my most impressive win. As impressive as he was, 100%, I'll give him his credit. 405 is insane, especially making your debut, especially against a Cincinnati Bengals team that all of us have been talking so highly of, one of the best teams that we have in our league right now, one of the more up-and-coming teams that we have in our league. But Trevor Simeon coming in, Bronco legend, might I add. There's no bias here? Not at all. Okay. Truthfully, none at all. Coming in, especially unexpected, this is what stands out to me. He had probably no clue that he was even going to come into this game. Comes in against one of the best teams in the NFL, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with one of the best defenses in the league, and held his own. Threw for about 150, had a touchdown. His completion percentage was mediocre, 55%. But he managed the game very well, did not turn the ball over, was hitting the passes that he needed to, converted a fourth down, threw the ball down the field, I think he had like a 38 to 40, around 40 yard reception, uh, two minute drill. He ran it. Per, two minute drills. Not what happened. He he had a fourth quarter drive that he gave it to, to Brady with like a minute 40 left. But regardless of that, in that fourth quarter, he drove down that field and led the Saints to to take the lead over the Buccaneers. He, he gave them the best chance to win the game. And I, I against the Buccaneers, I can't give him enough credit. The fact that he just probably didn't have any time to prepare for the game at all. Probably just did the minimum homework because obviously this is Jameis's team to come in and beat one of the best teams in the NFL. That sticks out to me the most. And and not to take anything away from, from Mike White at all, but Mike White had a full week of preparation for the Bengals. I mean, obviously you can't really truly prepare for a game un- until you're in the game in that moment, but Simeon was a professional and, and he did exactly that on Sunday. Simeon was good. I, I think, it's up there for the most surprising quarterback win, as well as Cooper Rush. Even though Dallas, Minnesota, I think Dallas's defense just stepped up big time. They're they're a great defense. Saints and the Bucks, their defense stepped up big time. The Jets defense stepped up big time as well. I don't want to take any credit away from them. I don't even want to answer this question. I'll goes. be honest. <laughs> because I, I don't care about this question. All I care about is the aftermath of Michael White doing this. And how much it pissed me off. And in the moment, I was irate. <laughs> On Twitter, people talking, people adding me saying, oh, look at this guy, Mike White. He's better than Zach Wilson. Well, he's better than Zach Wilson. He's better than every rookie quarterback as well because he statistically, he had a better game than any of the rookie quarterbacks ha- have had so far. See, Mike White completed 82% of his passes, 405 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. 4.2 Average depth of target. The fourth lowest this season, only behind Geno, Jimmy G, and Jalen Hurts. 300 of his yards were on throws 10 yards or less. The best offensive player on the Jets was Mike Carter. It wasn't Mike 
White. Now, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame because his first game was this great. See, this is what pisses me off about the Jets. They made the game plan so simplistic for Mike White, yet they asked Zach Wilson to throw 20 yards out, 20 yard outs. They asked him to really they asked him to take shots every game. They don't make the game plan this simplistic even though he's a rookie. They they just put everything on his plate. But for Mike White, here you go. We'll just give you some mashed potatoes on the side. You don't got to do too much. Just worry about eating that. But Zach Wilson gets a whole plate. It's ridiculous to me. And the fact that these Jets beat reporters are trying to make this out to be a, a quarterback controversy is annoying. I'm calling out Connor Hughes, talking about let Mike cook, hashtag. <laughs> he, he tweeted, this is the best Jets performance I've ever seen. I unfollowed him on Twitter oh, after man. that because I, like I, couldn't, I couldn't take it. Like, why are you guys doing this? We just saw Zach throw two 50-yard bombs against Tennessee, and you're saying you were more impressed by Mike White throwing five-yard passes, four yards average depth of target, four yards. And then DJ, DJ was so high on Mike White. Oh, my gosh, great performance. Dude, I, I follow him on Twitter. He bashes Mac Jones for dinking and dunking all the time. Yet when Mike White does it, oh, there's a quarterback controversy brewing now. Get out of here. Get Mike White, it's good. He's a backup. I like that because... All offseason, all people said was that, why don't the Jets have a veteran backup quarterback? Look at their quarterback room. It True. sucks. Well, now we know Mike White can play. So that's why he they didn't get another quarterback because Mike White, now we know he can play. He can get us a win. But what the hell were the Bengals doing? They were dropping back six. They were in dime for most of the game. Who are you trying to stop? Elijah Moore? Denzel Mims? Like, who are you trying to stop from over the top that Mike, Mike Carter's open every single time? Like, who are you trying to stop? This wasn't an impressive game. I, I saw this game. I, I saw Mike White and I said, okay, it was good. But I didn't walk away from that game like, wow, Mike White, there's a quarterback controversy here. <laughs> no, there's not. Stop it. Stop it. It's enough. I'm tired of it. And the fact that this narrative is, is going to keep on going until Mike White throws a stinker is annoying. And prediction time. Mike White is going to be awful against the Colts. Awful. He's going to be awful. The Jets' offense is going to be awful against the Colts. And then the narrative is going to die down, finally. And if he starts against the Bills, my oh my, we're going to forget that we even talked about Mike White. Because, see, this is what Jets fans do. Jets fans hype every single thing that happens. I remember when Greg McElroy came in and beat the Cardinals. We thought he was the next franchise quarterback. This is a Greg McElroy situation. Mike White is not the answer. Zach Wilson is. We got to stop this. This is ridiculous. I'm tired of it. I remember the first game Gino played, and he had that comeback win. I changed. Was it Tampa? It was Tampa. Tampa. I changed my name on Twitter to Broadway Gino. I thought I thought he was going to be the future, and it was over. But no, nah, I agree with you. Uh, Mike White didn't do anything special. I think it's still Zach Wilson's team, right? So. They have a quick turnaround against Thursday coming against a huge win. You know, one of the biggest wins the Jets have had in the last two years, especially with the backup quarterback. But they're going to have to go into Indy on a short week. He's going to play bad. It's only a matter of time. And to go based on what you're saying about Zach Wilson and not checking down, I think the checkdowns are there. The best case scenario here is Zach sits on the sideline for another week or two, and he could see what Mike White does, right? Like he could that. see taking the checkdowns, taking the easy reads, because we saw this all the time with Brady. We played, obviously, being a Jets fan, I've watched too much Tom Brady that I could handle. 
New England so much of the time was check downs, eight yards, 12 yards, tight end. Simple plays just moves the chains and keeps the play going. And then obviously Brady has the ability to you know throw it down the field. But we know Zach Wilson can throw it down the field. We know he's going to have one of the best arms in the league. But arm talent isn't everything. If arm talent was everything, Aaron Rodgers would have eight rings right now, right? But if Zach Wilson can simply learn to take the check down, we have Michael Carter's turned into one of the one of the best running backs in this rookie class, right? He was a fourth round pick, but he's looked phenomenal, incredibly elusive. Better than Javante Williams for sure. His teammate at NC. Javante's a dog in his own right. But they're both really good. They're both really good. Um, but I respect that because I was I was definitely higher on Javante coming out than Michael Carter was. And how could you not? Um, but Michael Carter's you know blowing me away. He's he's been looking really good. But we have pieces, especially we have we had a couple manufactured t- uh, touches for Elijah Moore as well. Lafleur really got into his bag. This was Matt Lafleur's best game by far, and part of that was because Mike White was simply just taking easy reads and moving the chains. They're asking Zach Wilson. I don't know if this is the coaching staff. This is probably some on the coaching staff, but a lot on Zach, Zach Wilson too, where. He either moves out of the pocket too early or just takes shots that aren't there or don't need to be made. When they, you have an open check down, it's hard in the NFL alone to move the ball. So when someone's open, I don't care if it's one yard. We see this a lot with Mahomes right now. Facts. We saw it a ton against the Giants. He was taking check down after check down. Tyreek Hill manufactured touches, right? That's what you have to do, especially when they're playing a bunch of just, you know, cover two and they're taking away the deep pass. It's a little bit different with Zach Wilson because they're not as afraid. We don't have a Tyreek Hill on the team. But if he just simply learns from what Mike White is doing and LaFleur, who was up in the press box this time, hopefully he stays there. Hopefully he can learn from this and just do what's easy because then the Jets offense can really take off. I'll say this. I took two things away, good and bad, from this Mike White ridiculousness. The good thing, I know that Mike LaFleur is capable of calling a good game now. I, I now know, okay, he, he can be an okay play caller now. You know, I'm not as down on him as, as I was before. The bad. I just have to hear this annoying ass shit for the week. Like, this is the most annoying thing that I've listened to in a while. I unfollowed every single Jets beat reporter I had follow. <coughs> DJ, Connor Hughes, uh, Rich, you know, everybody. I don't even follow the Jets social media right now. <laughs> I don't follow nothing until Zach comes back because I'm tired of this. Because when Zach comes back, he's going to be great. And actually, it wasn't 300. It was 332 of Mike White, Mike, Mike White's yards that were on 10 yard that were on throws 10 yards or less. At a 405, that's 80 percent of his passes. But this like, is what come the Jets, on. This is what the Jets should have been doing. We have weapons like Elijah Whoa. Moore, Michael Carter, Denzel Mims, Corey Davis. These are guys. When Fair. you get the ball in Fair. their hands, they can make things happen. Corey Davis ran what a 44. He's six four. Like he can I'll make plays this, down though. the field. Keelan Cole, Crowder. We saw. We saw in that game. Kalen Cole made a dumb catch. Yeah, insane. Yeah. That, that was, was that was overturned. That should not have been. Yeah. We saw in that game a lot of screens, a lot of wide receiver screens, but a lot of screens from Mike Carter. I have never, I have not yet seen that pl- those plays called when Zach Wilson's in the game. I don't see screens called when Zach Wilson's in the game it's because he can do more with his arms. So automatically they're thinking, all right, we can you know spice up the play calling a little bit because he's a little bit more advanced than what we have or what we think we have in Mike White. But that's what I think is ridiculous. Because, I'm with you. Like I'm for example, you. Cooper Rush goes and fills in Dak's spot. Dallas didn't change the way they call the game. True. You know they they play the same way they play with Dak. Dak can do more. We know that, but. It wasn't like they said, okay, Cooper Rush, now we're just going to give you a bunch of screens, and that's it. That's why Sean Payne has success with Drew Brees, Jameis, Teddy, Taysom, Trevor Simeon. He calls the same thing. 
He caught he, he he's consistent. <laughs> but with LaFleur, oh my gosh, you give Zach, you know, everybody go four verticals. Now when it's Mike White, okay, we're gonna do screens now. All short passes. We're gonna make it easy. But for Zach, everybody just go four verticals, just go do posts, and Zach will find you 40 yards down the field. It's it's just ridiculous, and I'm tired of that. I'm not gonna let you guys off the hook. To say he wasn't impressive. I didn't think he was impressive. It's a little bit rude. No, I didn't think it was Making impressive. his debut start to throw for 405, I get it. It was a bunch of checkdowns. Nevertheless, against one of the best teams in the AFC. And they had a bad defensive game. This point. was such a trap game. Should have saw it coming. You think so? We were coming off the worst loss we've had in years. 51-13 to 13 against New England. Bengals coming off their best win, best win in three years, winning against blowing out Baltimore. You should have. We should have saw this coming. He also did make some very impressive throws. He made that, yeah. He made some. That throw to Barrios was insane. Which was like eight yards. That, it was more uh, than eight. It yards. was like fifteen to twenty, probably. That it was definitely not twenty because he didn't throw any yard. He didn't throw any pass. <laughs> What's his longest reception? Do you know? Twenty six. Twenty six. Okay, but that's so. yak. Yeah, it, yeah, it could have been. Oh, yeah. really? Okay, yeah. fair enough. That was the longest completion was twenty six. I don't know how like air yards. I think wise. his but longest. Another... I think his longest air yards completion, just from my eye test, mm-hmm. was the game winning touchdown from my eyes. See, but that's, that's another, like twelve another, and the Keelan Cole one too. An- another thing we need to give him credit for was being able to read the defense. Of course, it was easy to read because they're playing so far back. But regardless of that, you're making your first debut. He didn't allow the moment to be be too big for him. He stood in that pocket. He still made the throws. And to make that game winning, to have that game winning drive, to score the touchdown, to to catch the two point conversion, to say it wasn't impressive is borderline disrespect. I will say this: I'm more impressed with Zach Wilson being the first one to congratulate him on his big game than his big game. He's real. That's rude, but he's real. As that's a, what as, I am. Listen, man. As a Jets fan, that's how I feel. I, I just can't support it. Not nah, saying his win was unimpressive is is false. But the overreaction from Jets fans in the media oh, is out of you. pocket. I'm with you. Listen, the quarterback controversy. If you're a Jets fan and you just drafted Zach Wilson with the number two pick overall and you are contemplating a quarterback that wasn't he cut? I believe he was. Mike White? Oh, he yeah. Dallas. yeah. He was on yeah. Dallas and he got cut and now he's the backup quarterback for the Jets. He's been on a couple and, teams. I think. And so he has an amazing game against the Bengals and you're already ready to give up on your number two pick overall. That's why they're Jets fans because they see one good game from one player and like he's the answer. It just makes no sense. I mean, he's Brandon Whedon at best. <laughs> Real quick, though, what do you guys make of Salah's comments saying the reporter said, you know, will Mike White start if he plays well going forward? And Salah basically said anything's possible. I'll be honest. That was terrible word choice by Salah. I mean, you can't just say things like that and not expect your quarterback. It's because Salah's gassed. That's why he's gassed which, that he just won a game. Which the I'm, second game. I'm fine with. I, I will, he should have said. We're just focused on Indy. That's, that's, exactly. that's, that's it. And that's His what word Joe Douglas choice said. was poor. He should have just said, said. but, you know, Robert Sala, happy as hell over anything. The game just ended. I mean, yeah, I mean whatever. It's going to be lit. Exactly. I mean, poor word choice because he's the one that actually started that controversy. The fact that he put that comment out there. So let me just good say, job, though, coach. This guy's saying <laughs> that it was the most impressive win by a Jet quarterback or quarterback performance. Connor Hughes said that. Tennessee's secondary is ass. The Bengals secondary is not ass. We, well, we, right say, now, we say that about Tennessee, but Tennessee has been, I mean, they've been good. They've, they've been, been amazing. Buffalo. They've been, yes. they've been good. Like their, sure. their secondary has been good. Probably second Kevin, best team in Kevin Byard is the best safety in coverage right now in football. Easy. They're probably the They're, third best team in the AFC. I agree with that, that statement. That first being, record wise. That being said, 
To say their defense is good or their secondary is good is a stretch. Kevin Bard is one of the best safeties oh, right now in no, football. For sure. He's but you can't do it alone. Janoris Jenkins has been good. It's been okay. The secondary I mean, as a whole has been okay. Zach Wilson's win it. Because he, look no, at him. Was the great, throws he yeah, made no, were I'm, insane. I'm not disrespecting yeah. Zach Wilson. I'm not trying to take away anything from Zach Wilson. Although it does kind of sound like I'm trying to, but it's not. That's not what I'm trying to do. I got you. I'm just saying against the Bengals. Well, you, all right, you're talking about secondary. Correct. Mike White didn't have to attack the secondary. That's a good point. Bro, that's two, a good point. Two, two, of our, two of our three leading receivers were Mike White and, I mean, Mike Carter and mean. Ty Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't attacking Yo, the secondary. Had a good game, too. He wasn't attacking the secondary. Wilson was attacking test. corners. Wilson threw a bomb to Corey Davis, two defenders on him. That's a fact. Right in the bucket. That's a fact. I could have went trick-or-treat and he would have given to me 50 <laughs> yards away. So that, yeah, that's how fair. good he was. Fair. So the fact that Connor Hughes said that, it just drove me crazy. Listen, Jets don't have a lot going for him. He needs to spark something under the Jets fans. He yeah, does. Man, right? Whatever. Like, I like Connor Hughes, I'm though. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Lost a fan in you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just all because when Zach Wilson becomes that guy, this is gonna look like just total baloney. Yeah, but I it's I expect it from Jets fans, man. Like, I mean, they don't got much going for like them. now that Lafleur is gonna sit up in the press box and now it's that gonna change everything. Now that John Beck is coming in to you know talk to Zach Wilson, which he's, I like, he's hired throughout the entire year. We're gonna see Zach Wilson really come onto the scene in the second half of the year once he gets back and. <laughs> Scary hours. Let me tell I hope you you're right, man. Scary hours. Next topic, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a guy that is. Uh, we're gonna talk about Von Miller. You're wearing his jersey right now, near and dear to Drew. I was gonna throw in a punchline there, but it wasn't necessary. Oh, I, I couldn't think of one. Too soon. Von too Miller soon. is on the Rams. The Rams traded, you know, second round pick. They traded their first round pick, I believe, as well. It was a second or a third. Second, third, second and third, second and third. They don't have any picks. I they they. they their picks are gone, but they, they have did a it. Fifth pick this yep, year, pick. <laughs> and a compensatory third rounder, I think. Yeah. But they did it because they want to win now. They want to win it all, and they brought in Von Miller, who you said is one of the best players on your team as of right now. Do you think Von Miller is going to be the difference in the Rams winning or not winning the Super Bowl? How much of a difference does he make? Is does he make the Rams favorites? I'll go with you. I'll start with you, Drew. Before I go into the Rams. It's only right. I show my boy his love. It's a you sad, a beautiful tweet. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. River, I don't know what he was on. I'm glad he's not here. Probably would have <laughs> me cracking up. Probably would have stalled him truthfully. But it was a sad day for Bronco Nation. Probably our second best draft pick ever since since probably John Elway. He's been the bright part. He's been the brightest spot of our team for years now. When we were terrible, he was still amazing. Carried us through the darkest of times. I'll never forget Super Bowl 50. He absolutely backpacked us. That defense was a movie to watch that po- that postseason. And it's truthfully heartbreaking to me. And I didn't see it coming at all. It was a huge surprise to me. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised with the Broncos nowadays. They just know how to break my heart. That being said, to go on to the Rams. Of course it makes them Super Bowl contenders. They already are Super Bowl contenders. Does it make them a lock for the Super Bowl? I mean, it only helps their case, to be honest with you. I've already said multiple times, multiple occasions on this show, Rams are my team. I mean, they're as close to perfect as it gets. Sean McVay holding down that offense. Now you have uh, the real Matty Ice and Matthew Stafford that has been holding it down. MVP favorite as of right now, according to PFF. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, who's been arguably the best receiver in football. 
a solid old line that's been doing a job. Um, Daryl Henderson, excuse me, almost disrespected him, who has been balling this season. He's been stellar. And we look at the defense. You're going to pair arguably the greatest defender of all time in Aaron Donald with one the prob- are probably the second best defender of our generation in Vaughn Miller, only two Aaron Donald, who are now on the same team. And now you add Jalen Ramsey, who probably is the best corner we'll probably see outside of Darrell Revis in our lives. This defense is insane now. This pass rush is going to be insane now. And Vaughn Miller is only going to benefit from this because he's playing alongside Aaron Donald. It doesn't matter where you're going to put them on that line. They're going to get to the quarterback. Because obviously you're going to double Aaron Donald because he's Aaron Donald. So what, you're going to leave Vaughn Miller on an island? Vaughn Miller? doesn't matter what point he is in his career. He could be 70%. He could be 80%. He could be 60%. You put him alongside Aaron Donald with the skill set that Vaughn Miller has, it's a wrap. So this, of course, it only adds. I was probably 90, 95% confident they can go to the Super Bowl. I'm at 99. I mean, this is exactly what they needed to add to that pass rush, to take the pressure off Aaron Donald because we see every game he's getting double and triple teamed. Triple teamed is crazy for a defensive tackle. Now you bring in Vaughn Miller into the mix, and you just look at the season that Matty Staffy's having. It's looking as close to a lock as it gets. I think this is a win-win. I think the Broncos getting a second and third round pick for someone who is probably going to walk in free agency, who's, what, 31 years old now? Yeah. Um, you know, the Broncos are they're hard because they're kind of heading towards a rebuild. This trade makes me think they want to rebuild, but they're really just a quarterback away, and they still are. Um, but for, whatever. I, I still think the Broncos made out well getting a second, third round pick. The Rams, like you said, they were already Super Bowl favorites. They were number one for me with the Bucks being number two of the secondary could get healthy. Um, but like you said, if Aaron Donald and Von Miller on the same defensive line, you can't double both of them. You're going to probably double Donald just because it's Aaron Donald. So you leave Von Miller one-on-one with any tackle. He's going to beat them most times, right? And I know Von Miller's had some injuries this year. He's getting up there in age. He's still having a phenomenal season. He has 28 total pressures and five sacks in seven games. It's a dog. Yeah, he's going to come to this, this Rams defense who is already filled with superstars, filled with veterans, guys who know how to win, guys who are hungry to win a Super Bowl. And he's going to make it even better. This was game-changing for the Rams. They're already one of the best teams in the NFC without Von Miller. Matthew Stafford is playing like one of the best quarterbacks in football. And I said it, once he got out of Detroit, he's going to showcase that he's a top-ten quarterback easily. My question about Stafford is in the playoffs and in big moments, how is he going to perform? Because I've seen in big moments in the regular season, he throws picks. And he can get trigger happy sometimes. Excuse me? He's one of the clutchest quarterbacks in the regular season he can by get, far. He can get trigger happy sometimes. And he throws interceptions. But when you watch the Rams offense play, when you watch the designs McVay is giving Stafford, Stafford sees things that only five to six quarterbacks in the NFL can see developing before him. And Stafford pulls it, just throws a ball, and then is you're like, wow. So fourth quarter comebacks of um, active... QBs right now. He's third with 33. Only third to Big Ben, 37, and Tom Brady with 41. You want to know misleading you, you, though because they've been mis- in the league for 20 years. You want to know exactly. why it's misleading? Exactly. He's been in the league since 09. I'm I'm saying Brady of active QBs, he's third. Yeah. Uh, I understand what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I was saying like, how many, this is but, why it's misleading. It's not only misleading because 
He's been in the league longer than a lot of guys. Because he played on Detroit and he had to come back. Well, but that's yeah. not that, that, that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. But look, look at this. The age thing, Detroit is always down. So there's always a chance for Stafford to do it. Tom Brady, the reason why that's more impressive is because Tom Brady on the Patriots, they, they no were, they they're were always winning. They were always blowing winning. out everybody. But it's they're like, always winning. If you compare the times where Matthew Stafford had to come back versus the times he came back. Brady's percentage is probably much higher. Like out of the yeah. fifty times Brady is down in the fourth quarter, he comes back forty-eight of the about time. Brady, like, but Stafford is probably category. like forty-four of like the two hundred and sixty. I wonder if I can look that up. I mean, I don't know if you can, but I'm saying that's my question with Stafford. I know he's an elite quarterback. I know he's, he has elite arm talent. That was never my concern, and it was a big time move when they got him. Anyway, they have a top ten ranked defense, and we know that Von Miller is there now, but. Leonard Floyd, who's a really goddamn good pass rusher, Sebastian Joseph Day, who's a good defensive tackle. You have Von Miller, Donald, Joseph Day, Leonard Floyd. You don't have to blitz. And in the NFC, that's huge because you can't blitz Collar. Like, if you blitz Collar, he's going to scramble around, and now you got to worry about D-Hop and AJ and weapons they have versus Tampa. If you blitz, now you got to worry about Mike Evans, Godwin, A.B., Rob Gronkowski, Versus Dallas, you can't blitz because then you got to worry about CD and Amari Cooper. This gives the Rams the ability to just rush four and drop back corners Thanks. and play in coverage and protect that deep ball. And their cornerback group outside of Jalen Ramsey is a bit suspect. We know Jalen Ramsey's a ball. He's going to take out that number one receiver. Darius Williams is coming back off of IR soon. He's a good corner too. But you look at their, their other corners, they're not very good. David Long Jr. is a liability. Robert Rochelle is a liability. Yep. But now if you're playing Dom and you're rushing these four, it makes it much easier for the Rams to be better on defense. Right now, they're one of the highest percentage blitzing teams in the NFL. I mean, now that you add Von Miller there, you don't really have to be. Yeah. And this year, Von Miller's been playing 70% of his defensive snaps. Four and a half sacks on a year, non-quarterback hits. He's been amazing still. So just that addition is going to take the Rams. It's going to make teams prepare much more seriously for the Rams even more because there's no way to game plan for them. You got a double Donald, but now you're leaving Miller one-on-one. You're leaving Floyd one-on-one. I mean, it's you just there, there's poison. really nothing you can really do. I'm getting ready to say something. Uh-oh. And last year, I had Tampa Bay as my team. Long before the season started, in June, I picked them. And this year, as we were going through all these teams and the, the, our Super Bowl picks, I was, I was hesitant. I didn't feel confident in any team. I'm going to ignore my how skeptical I am about Stafford in the postseason. I was going to steal my, my squad? I'm going to ignore that. This is disgusting, to me, truthfully. <laughs> it's gross. It's gross. The Rams will be the team that wins the Super Bowl this year. I'm ready to say it. I'm going I'm going all in. They're my team all year. Anytime you ask me who's winning, I'm going to say the Rams 100% definitively. I don't think there's a team in football that can beat them that I feel confident can beat them. I think they can beat any team in football and they're my pick to win it, to win it all. I'm not going to give you a reaction. I was going to say you seem sick. <laughs> That's all right. It's all right. He knows. He knows how early I was to the Rams. He's just gonna bite my swag a little bit. But hey, I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit of credit when you we're hosting Green the Bay, party. Though. 
in the preseason, but off week one, I said they were perfect and that Matthew Stafford would be at After minimum. After they beat Chicago. Three. Exactly. I'm just saying. A game against Chicago, I felt that way. It's it's a difference when I when they get Von Miller, I feel this way. I said that before Von, Von Miller. They didn't need Von Miller for me to know that they were a Super Bowl. They were, bound. Yeah, they were. They were they were a Super Bowl caliber team, but with Von Miller takes them oh. over the top. Wow. This is like this groundbreaking is, statement. This is like this is like Demarcus Ware going to Denver. That That's is a, a great fact. comparison. I mean, it's like without Demarcus true. Ware, like y'all, y'all are probably contending, but he took you guys to that next level. No doubt. So that's why I feel because this this year is wide open. Yeah, this year is wide open, and there's a chance the Rams don't win it all. But if I was a better man, I'd I'd put money on the Rams because I just feel like they're gonna get it done this year. It it just feels like everything's in place. It feels like this feels like the perfect story storyline of Stafford's career being with the mediocre being with a horrible organization his entire career. Now the first time he gets out, he smells the success of a Super Bowl championship. It just feels like it just feels inevitable. Jews over here. He's sick about it. Yeah, he's right. mad. He's sick. It's okay. You can't have anything, right? Nah, it's all right. <laughs> he wanted he wanted me to he wanted to feel better by me picking a team like Arizona. Nah, you could have picked the Bills like you've been high on. Oh, they're my pick to go. For sure. Go to the next topic. For sure. <laughs> they're my pick to go. Yeah. Can Ryan Tannehill keep the Titans afloat with Derrick Henry out? Derrick Henry. Foot injury, got foot surgery. He's probably going to be out for the remainder of the season. We're not sure if he's going to be back for the playoffs. And I'm I'm surprised this happened because when I was watching the game, I don't know where it happened. He played the entire game. He came out for a little bit. He came out for a little bit, but he he went right back in. He wasn't efficient. He had he was averaging you know like three yards a carry, if that. Yeah, but he came out for a little rush bit. defense though too. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know. I don't know when it happened because Derrick Henry played the entire game. I was looking to see like, okay, when did so this crazy. guy go out? If Derrick Henry played through a broken foot, bravo. This is insanity. But Derrick Henry, arguably the most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL. Titans are 6-2 and two right now. Ryan Tannehill in the year has 2,002 yards, has thrown for 10 touchdowns and 7 INTs, completed 65% of his passes, and ranks 8th in QBR, which is surprising to me. Can he keep the Titans afloat without Derrick Henry? Do you think the Titans have a chance to still be a contender, maybe make the AFC Championship with Tannehill and Henry out. What do you think? I don't think AFC Championship is in you know in their sight. I don't think that's possible for them, especially without Derrick Henry. They're going to be contenders because the AFC South sucks. You know what I mean? Like the Colts are their biggest competitors sitting at what three and rise. three and five. They just beat them though. Mm-hmm. True. Um, I'm usually a, a team or a, a fan of running backs don't really matter, right? We talk about Michael Carter in the fourth round, how great he looks, but Derrick Henry's. He's an anomaly. You know, he's one of the three probably best running backs, you know, top five for sure that we're going to see. And probably one of the best I'm going to see in my lifetime. It's hard for me to decide how this offense is going to look because we've never seen them without Derrick Henry. You know, he plays every game for every single year. I, I can't remember the last time he missed a game. And he not, not only does he not miss a game, he barely comes off the field. He's playing 90 plus percent of snaps. He's getting 90 plus percent of all of the running back targets and carries. The offense has to change. You're not going to be able to replace them with Jeremy McNichols and Adrian Peterson. You're definitely not going to be able to replace it with those two. I don't even think there's no one on the street you could pick up. Nobody in the league could really replace Derrick Henry. If the Titans want to compete, they have to change their offense. This has to be an offense Good that job. goes through A.J. Brown. And you got to hope that Julio can get healthy and stay healthy. Because 
AJ Brown, we already know he he dealt with some injuries in the past or earlier this season. He had a little stomach bug, but the last two three games he's been on fire, unbelievable. And Tannehill has really came along too. Not only is Derrick Henry going to be lost in the rushing game, but he's having his best receiving season too. All of last season, he had 19 receptions for 114 yards. And this year, eight games in, he had 18 receptions for 154 yards. So luckily, being in the AFC South, they'll be able to compete. They'll make the playoffs. They could even win a playoff game. I don't think they'll make the AFC Championship game. It's Now it's really a matter of time to see, can Tannehill lead this team? Because Derrick Henry's not going to be there forever. Can Tannehill lead this team with a below-average backfields? And you have weapons outside of A.J. Brown. If Julio can't stay healthy, though... I mean, oh, that's tough. This is an interesting topic. I like it a lot, truthfully, because obviously, guys know I I love Derrick Henry, and it was one of the worst sports days of my life. Derrick Henry, Vaughn Miller, both those news broke on the same day. It was definitely rough for the brand. That being said, it's going to be interesting to see how defenses scheme the Tennessee Titans, because a huge part that goes into scheming the Titans is probably 75% Derrick Henry. And how are we going to stop Derrick Henry? Now it's going to be a lot more reliant on what can Ryan Tannehill really do for our squad. I don't know if it's going to be as seamless or as easy as, you know, just throwing in uh, Jeremy McNichols or Adrian Peterson. And that's the, the, the bandaid to the, to the, to the, to the cut apparently. But I think that we're going to actually have to see Tannehill, take a huge step in his game, obviously. He's 10 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He's top 8 in, in yards this season. But that is due to Derrick Henry opening up the field for them. 9 out of 10 times, they're they're sending 7. They're sending 6 minimum because you always have to take into account Derrick Henry rushing the ball. He's getting the ball a minimum of 20 to 25 times. Absolute minimum 20. So now you take Derrick Henry out. I do think McNichols is going to have success because he is a solid pass catching back, and that's only going to benefit Ryan Tannehill. But if you only have to worry about A.J. Brown, if Julio Jones is going to be in and out of the lineup week in, week out, it gets a lot easier to scheme up the Tennessee Titans offense, truthfully. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Yes. Like you mentioned, the divisions is a little bit wacky right now, but I'm still high on the Colts. It was a great game that they just had. I think, what, they lost by three points? Overtime, yeah. And a, a big part of Ryan Tannehill's success was Derrick Henry champed through it. I mean, you, as long as Derrick Henry's on the field, you, no matter what, have to take him into account. With him out of the lineup now, and defenses aren't going to be scared of McNichols. They're not going to be scared of a 34, 35-year-old Adrian Peterson. He might be older than that. I, I really haven't checked his age. 36. Damn. There we go. I mean, listen, AP is one of my favorite players ever. 36-year-old Adrian Peterson. For sure, Frank Gore can do it. Probably Adrian Peterson can do it. But he, doing it at a high level, doing he's definitely not going to be doing it at the level of Derrick Henry. That like that is like I don't think anyone has that thought. It's a lot to ask of Ryan Tannehill. Do I think he'll take him to the playoffs? Sure. But do I think there'll be a first-round exit without Derrick Henry? Probably. The Titans are done. It's over for them. They'll make the playoffs because they got off to a six and two start. And the Colts have to climb back there. But they're done. Ryan Tannehill in 2020 had seven total interceptions. This year he has seven interceptions already. And this isn't the same guy that I saw when he first got to Tennessee. I feel like Todd Downing is a major downgrade from Arthur Smith. AP, McNichols, hell no. They're not filling the role of Derrick Henry, not even together. Nobody can. Nobody in the NFL can. Their upcoming games are against the Rams, 
the Saints, the Texans, the Patriots, a bye, then against Jacksonville. So I think after this after this stretch of games, they'll be eight and five because I have them losing to the Rams. I have them losing to the Saints, but that's a toss up. I have them lose um winning to the Texans. I have them losing to the Pats and beating Jacksonville. So I think they'll go two and three in this stretch. It's not all Tannehill's fault if they don't have success. The reason for this is because Julio hasn't been healthy. He hasn't been on the field. We haven't gotten to see AJ, Julio, and Henry. We're not sure if he can stay healthy. Their tight ends are not good. You only have AJ Brown. So if Julio's not out there, you really don't have anybody outside of AJ Brown that can really create that's a playmaker. They have the 21st ranked pass blocking offensive line, the 14th ranked run blocking offensive line. Ryan Tannehill was the fifth most sacked quarterback in the NFL. We saw when the Titans had Derrick Henry, but no Julio and AJ, they couldn't beat the Jets. So now with no Derrick Henry, you'll have AJ who knows about Julio. He's always in question because he's always hurt. Their offense is going to struggle. Ryan Tannehill this year has been incredibly inaccurate. I mean, high on throws, he's, he's, pre, he's predetermining his reads. He's throwing into coverage. This is not the efficient Tannehill that I saw in 2020 and in 2019 after he got the start. This is not the same guy because even then, as much as you want to contribute his success to Derrick Henry, this is why he was so great. It really wasn't because Ryan Tannehill led a lot of fourth quarter comebacks. The same thing you praised Matthew Stafford for. He had a drop back in shotgun a lot of the times, and he was making plays, and he was clutch. This year, that just doesn't seem to be the case because I don't think this team is as intact as it once was. You know, last year and the year before, you had AJ, you had Corey, you had John o. Smith, you even had Adam Humphreys in 2019. You had guys. Even in 2019, Derrick Henry wasn't there, but they, they had Deion Lewis, who was a really good receiving back. They don't have that. Their defense, though, I'm confident in their defense because Harold Landry has taken a big step this year. Jeffrey Simmons has been phenomenal. I think I think Rashawn Evans is coming. 2018, you mean? Yeah, I think Rashawn yep. Evans is coming back soon. And Kevin Byard has been amazing as well as a safety, one of the best safeties in coverage. I think their defense will be just good enough to keep them in games. It's not a Kansas City situation where Tannehill has to play nearly perfect and their defense is still going to give up 30, but, you know, they'll, he'll still find a way. The Titans won't give up 30. Their defense isn't that bad. They'll hold their own. But I just think this offense has been cut in half with not only Derrick Henry, but the departure of Janu and then Corey Davis and Julio not being healthy and Todd Downing and not Arthur Smith. There's just a lot of moving parts here. And Tannehill, there's a reason why he's, he's thrown 10 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He's been careless with the ball. I just don't see the Titans doing anything. I'm completely out on the Titans. Their offense is definitely, especially beginning of the year, was really sketchy. You know, I, I think Seattle was their first game. Um, Tannehill and AJ really could not get on the same page for the first few weeks of the season. And then, you know, he got injured and whatnot. Um, but without Derrick Henry, this offense completely changes. And I don't know what it's going to look like. You said 2018 for what? So 2019 was Derek's year, like being a st- being the guy. Deion Lewis and him did split time there. Nah, 20, 2019, 
Derrick Henry had 1,500 yards. Dion had 209. That's what I'm saying. Dion was I'm, always the pass catcher. I'm, no, but I'm saying 2018 was when they were splitting time. Oh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because you said Dion Lewis. Yeah, Derrick Henry on 2019 was the sole guy. No, nah, Dion Lewis was the pass catcher. He was a third down back. But I'm, he rushed for 1,500 still? Derrick Henry, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you rush for 1,500. That's your backfield. That's true. But Deion Lewis had 164 yards receiving, 25 receptions. Yeah, that's that's not, that's, yeah, that's, that's dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's nothing. Yeah, right. Like yeah, Derrick Henry had 206 that year. This was they had Delaney Walker too until he got hurt. Delaney, yeah, yeah. They, had, they had a good team. They had Johnu Humphreys, Corey Davis, AJ Tajay Sharp. Yeah, I don't know, man. Titans are done for the year. I think this is over. It's it's. Do you think because unlucky, but you know, a happens. potential matchup could be like against the Steelers, right? Wild card game. Do you think that's a team they could beat? No. You think the Steelers are better than them? Yeah. Without Henry, without having to account for that, with their offensive line not being so good. And another thing, you can't really count on their offensive line to stay healthy. Taylor Lewan is healthy right now. but He's he, been in and out. He gets injured all the time. Their interior, I mean, Ben Jones is the only guy on their interior that is good. I mean, Nate Davis, their, their right guard, gets beat on every single play. Like, it feels like every single play, Nate Davis is, is giving up pressure. You know, so I'm just I'm out on them. So another thing that I want to point out, as of where where it stands right now, in terms of points given up, Tennessee is the ninth worst defense, giving up the ninth most points in the mm-hmm. league. Now you take Derrick Henry out of the game, who obviously turns the clock, you know, keeps the defense off the field for a good portion of the time. Take Derrick Henry out of that that equation. Now it's gonna put the defense in a bunch of sticky situations. And a defense that's already given up a ton of points. I mean, it'll it, you take away probably the best clock burner in football. It's only going to get scarier for you. I, I'm looking at that secondary. I'm not a huge fan of it. That that their run defense, not a huge fan of it. Just their defense as a whole, it's just very sketchy to me. Especially you take Derrick Henry out of that that you know th- this whole titans thing that they've got drawn up where obviously he's the main piece the main chess piece to to this team it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be interesting for them yeah Deion lewis really dropped off in 2019 bro he, had that he got one no great snaps season. was he on new england that one great year was it he had yeah. like one really good season then he went to Tennessee. he had 565 yards rushing in tennessee in 2018 that's, that's, that's probably what, his career that's what i was telling you 2018 yeah, yeah. he was firm but then but, that's, but like 2019 even though he didn't produce much I would have felt much more comfortable with Deion Lewis being my back. Oh, I mean. Then with 36-year-old AP and McNichols. Yeah. You know, McNichols is a question mark, but we'll see how he does. I think, I mean, we saw already this season, he had a game where he was already effective in the past game. We see, I'm already going off what I've seen. I think he will continue to be that, especially because Tannehill. He's very fast. Outside of of A.J. Brown, he's not going to have much to throw to. Everything changes, too, though, once you're the featured back compared to you playing 10 snaps Very true. Obviously. Is he better than Mike White? <laughs> Mike Carter, you mean? <laughs> Mike Carter, oh, hell no. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, I keep mixing up their names, bro. They got the same first name. Mike Carter. <laughs> Mike Carter over Javante is such a spicy take. Oh my god, it's wrong. No, it's he right. knows it. It's no, right. It's he, he knows it. Mike Carter's better than Javante, bro. No, Mike Carter's like that, bro. I because I always Tell thought Javante to get some snaps for us, bro. He doesn't need him, and he's still nasty. <laughs> I always thought Mike Carter was solid, but I did not know he had this type of elusiveness he's a bowling in him. Ball. But Javante? he's shifty. Nah, oh, Mike, Mike White like gets in and out of, of he cuts. Mike he makes guys miss. Yeah, he said Mike White. This I did. Time. He's yeah, getting funny. Hey, <laughs> yo, <Ayo>. hey, pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
So before we go on to the next topic, we want to give a quick shout out to DraftKings. The NBA is back in at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same game parlays. I love playing same game parlays. That's that's the only thing I play. That's the only thing I play. Getting the points, you know, over under the money line. I love parlays because I don't like betting on just on multiple games. Sometimes it's too tricky. So when you bet on the same game, it kind of it makes it a little bit more predictable, less variables. You know, we didn't think that Mike White was gonna go crazy. You know, you, you saw that one guy who bet a, a thousand, thousand? Yeah. that he would yeah. lead the and he won more than Mike White's game check. Really? Yeah. That's lit. That's lit. Yeah. Mike White's game track was like 50K. He, he must have won over 100K. Mike White didn't gamble anything. No. This guy gambled around. I mean, playing football, gamble your life. You know what? Key. That's you got a point there, kid. I mean, the same game parlays. I know the Knicks are playing right now, but I would have taken R.J. Barrett over 20 points. You know he's doing his thing. <laughs> right he's now. been tweaking. I'd have taken R.J. over 20, Kemba, five assists. You know, Julius Randle gave me 10 boards. I was going to say, that's my guys. No, same game parlays. Love hate relationship with them. Love hate relationship. Had, had, had a rough weekend. You know what? We're gonna bounce back. Got to look out for those insurances though. DraftKings always doing facts, right. Like fifteen dollar free bet, you, or not free, but insurance. So if you don't hit it, you yeah, get your and, money. And back. if you gamble enough, they're nice to you guys. They'll they'll throw you oh, a couple yeah. free bets here and there. Yep. DraftKings always take care of those yeah, guys. Yeah, DraftKings the goat. Yeah, for so real. So you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just five dollars on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. NBA season is upon us. We do our NBA episodes on Fridays. You know, t- you know, Tuesday, Wednesday episodes are football because we're just coming off the football week. This Friday, we have a great show, though. You know, we got to talk about the Raptors. I know they beat the Knicks. Some Raptors fans have been commenting on my videos already about that. And new NBA City jerseys. We were going to talk about it this episode, but we're going to make it all football this one. A lot of great jerseys to talk about there. Man, what was I, awesome. What I just showed you, actually, was the Celtics just had a very emotional uh, players-only meeting. I'm a Celtics fan. So, that, I mean, I follow basketball not nearly as much as football, but I follow the Celtics very closely, and I'm, I'm worried. I'll tell you what, Marcus Smart. I loved his quote. 100%. Everyone took it. Everyone just put that one text where like they have to learn to pass and didn't read the rest of the quote. What Marcus Smart said was facts because everyone talks about Jalen Brown and Tatum. If they want, if we want to take that next step, they have to become playmakers, and that's exactly what I he said. Say, ISO ball really doesn't get you much, and you have two ISO players. Unless it's Harden, and I mean MVP. <laughs> yeah, it got you much. Western Conference Finals two times. They went to talk Western, about that. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals two times. We talk did. about that. I will talk, like, talk about talk that. About that. Two, two times? You got to give them the respect. Eastern Conference not as tough as the West. Okay. I'll give them that. The West is a dog fight. I'll give them that. One was the, the West bubble, got, so the, West, the West has pit bulls. Who you? That was you guys, though. <laughs> yeah, y'all won it, though. <laughs> the West got pit bulls. The, the East at that time had chihuahuas. It wasn't like that. Yeah, that Heat team wasn't anything crazy. No, it wasn't. And he still took a six, so I'll give him respect. Yeah, shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network. You can use promo code TB. P and it helps us out a lot and helps us keep producing this great content for you guys. Jameis Winston, not so great day for him when he first got injured because after, 
you know, the news broke that he basically tore his ACL. He was in a locker room dancing with the win. He was the in clown. crutches, Classic dancing. James. Classic. And this is why I love Jameis. Jameis, to me, is the most energetic, enthusiastic guy. One of the more enthusiastic guys in the NFL. He was having a great year with the Saints. Efficient year. No real number one receiving threat. It's a shame that he got injured because I was hoping for him to really take off this year and prove that he's a franchise quarterback because I think he's a franchise quarterback. If Ryan Tannehill can revive his career and become a franchise guy, Jameis can do the same thing. I believe in Jameis. But now they have a hole at quarterback. Unless you believe Trevor Simeon is the answer, you have the Broncos jersey. You might be a little biased towards this. but Hey, one five and 0 to start his Bronco career. But my best memory of Simeon was getting injured for the season, his first game against the Browns on Monday Night Football for the Jets. Mm, that hurts. That's my memory I mean, of Simeon. My, my best memory was coming back after a Super Bowl, you know, the down on us. But the Saints, have that, <laughs> the Saints have that hole at quarterback. And two names have been brought to light. Cam Newton and Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers said he would take a call from the Saints he would think about going to them. He's leaving the door open. He lives by that area. He just got finished coaching. So if you're the Saints, if you're Sean Payne, are you sticking with your guys? Are you sticking with your quarterbacks backs right now? Are you going after Cam Newton or Phillip Rivers? And if you are, which one are you going after? I don't think you go after either Cam or Phillip Rivers. I think Taysom Hill is a starter. Trevor Simeon came in and he played well against the Bucs, but we know what Trevor Simeon is. And last season when Taysom Hill started, outside of one game against Denver, which was kind of a weird game. That was the game Denver didn't have any quarterbacks. It was was Mike Hilton, whatever it was. Kendall, Kendall Hilton, right? Kendall Hilton. Um, yeah, other, outside of that weird game, Taysom Hill played pretty well. Um, he had a completion percentage over 70% in three out of those four games. He averaged over 260 total yards each game with eight touchdowns and five interceptions. And I think Sean McVay would rather keep the guy in-house. He knows the playbook already. He knows what he could do with him as well. It was interesting last season when Drew Brees did get hurt that he went to Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston, right? A lot of people ex- kind of expected that you signed Jameis. You thought, okay, without a doubt, he's the backup. I think it was different because they knew Drew Brees was going to come back, right? If they thought Jameis would, or if they thought Drew Brees was out for the full season, then potentially they could go to Jameis Winston because you're kind of changing the offense for the entire, or keeping the same offense the entire season. Yep. You know, I think last year Sean Payne kind of looked at it, looked at it, and said, "I have, I don't know, four game, four games he was out for. Let me just change everything up and show them all these different plays and you know, and schemes that we haven't shown basically ever because Taysom Hill, you know, plays maybe three snaps at quarterback per game. You know, he does all that wild card, wildcat stuff. But I think they should stick with with, Tame, uh, with Taysom Hill. And if you're playing fantasy, go pick up Taysom Hill because." He was the quarterback five overall when he played. You know, maybe waivers are what he went through, but if he's still out there, go pick him up. He's going to be a great player. And I think especially for real-life football, too, he could definitely win some games for the Saints. I'm with Joel, truthfully. I mean, obviously, I'm not thinking Trevor Simeon is going to be the guy. Taysom Hill wasn't available this weekend because he had a concussion, I believe, yeah. something around those He hasn't lines. played since week five, but so should be back. You go and you get a guy like Cam Newton who's really not going to to move the needle for you guys. With Jameis Winston, I really wasn't high on them all too much altogether, truthfully. But Philip Philip Rivers, same thing. It's you're not moving the ball down the field. They don't have the weapons to move the ball down the field. Obviously, news just broke that Michael Thomas is going to miss the remainder of the season. He reaggregated his. I remember ankle. I said that the last time I was on here that Michael Thomas might not play. And I mean, I kind of got left. Really? Oh. And you know what? Bro? Get Maybe my rib, not my <laughs> Oh, was that when I wasn't here? Uh oh yeah, I've been here twice. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. No, I wasn't here. 
Yeah. All right, good. Yeah, yeah, we, were talk, we were talking about Michael Thomas, like how he's a top receiver or something. Yeah, and I, I mean, was like, he might not play was at like, all. He's him. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> he loves the Saints, <laughs> loves them. But at the same time, it's you understand the situation with Michael Thomas. They're not in a position right now where they're Super Bowl contenders, at least in my opinion. No, no. way. And why do you want to play for a team that, one, you could risk getting hurt, and two, you can just leave next season and go get a bag at another team that has a strong possibility of winning, truthfully. But like you mentioned, or like like I was saying before, excuse me, Philip Rivers is not a guy that's going to move the ball down the field. I'm not with that. Cam Newton, same thing. You basically already have him in Taysom Hill, except Taysom Hill at this point in time could it's throw better. the ball a little bit better than Cam Newton I right think now. a lot better. I don't want to be disrespectful to Cam, but you're right. 70% completion is... No, which is firm, but at the same time... Wait, Cam, what are you talking about right now? He's talking Taysom. about Taysom Hill. Three out of four games last year was over 70%. All right. So, I mean... That was like a Mike White thing, too. It was more... His ADAL was definitely over four. Yeah, Taysom definitely, Hill was at least he, throwing the ball downfield. I've seen it. I've seen him throw the ball... As, I mean, this season, the one time he threw the ball down the field, he got picked off by Bradbury. That was horrible read. But nevertheless, like Joel has mentioned, he's had some success at the quarterback position, and there's no reason to go out and, and, and make a quarterback signing, especially when you got Taysom Hill on the squad, and, and you're already not a team in a position that's going to be all too successful. Ride it out with Taysom Hill. See what he can do. If he has success, great. But if he doesn't have success, figure it out in the draft and figure it out in the offseason. I knew that Michael Thomas re-aggravated his foot or ankle, one of the two. Ankle. But I didn't know he was out for the season. So he's not yeah. playing again. Oh, he's it's done. It's over. He came out and put the announcement. It's, I don't know what his contract looks like, but I mean, this is two years now where Michael Thomas, and it's a weird injury that seems like, why aren't you back? He, he's supposed to come back. He ends up you know, not playing at all. So in the offseason, they could save a ton of money if they end up trading him. I think he's someone who could definitely be on a different team next year. Well, this is one of the bigger fall from graces that I've seen in a while from Michael Thomas and him not playing in a while because he had a tremendous season. And then, you know, what happened to him? If the Saints want any chance to do something in the playoffs, they go out and they sign a camera for Phillip Rivers. That's it. Taysom Hill is not the guy. No, neither is Cam or Phillip Rivers, though. Well, the Saints aren't it. Taysom Hill is not a good quarterback. I, I don't think he's a good quarterback. Sean Payton might stick with him because he is in-house and... You know, you can see that Taysom was visibly upset when Jameis won the starting job in the offseason. I can understand that. Cam Newton can do what Taysom can do, but can pass better. Cam Newton does... The Patriots, he wasn't bad with. Mm. He had 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, I believe, or he 8 interceptions. He didn't win the job against a rookie, dude. Like Matt Jones watched. is just like Down that. the stretch, Cam was not good. He started off the year really good. He was phenomenal. I, I got just COVID, feel like forgot how to throw. I just feel like Cam Newton could do something with the Saints, and maybe if they get Odell, now that solves your wide receiver number one issue because that's what that's what good they point. have. They don't have a receiver. If I'm the Saints, I'm doing these two things. As much as I love Cam Newton, and I like Taysom Hill too, I'm doing these two things. I'm going now. And I'm getting Odell Beckham once he gets waived because I think he's going to get waived sooner rather than later. I agree. Number two, I'm bringing in Phillip Rivers because Phillip Rivers is still a good quarterback based on what we last seen. Fair. 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. We had that. De- we didn't really talk about it, but we you threw in that little sly comment about Frank Reich that he produced with Phillip Rivers. 
Philip Rivers is a it's a goddamn good quarterback. He didn't have a good 2019 year, but that was mostly due to a lot of the bad play calling that the Chargers had that year. Once he goes to Frank Reich, he knew the system. The Colts didn't have receivers either. Pittman was a, was a rookie. They were running him on a drag every other play. T.Y. was out the entire the entire year mostly. Phillip Rivers got the job done. In the playoffs versus the Buffalo Bills that made the AFC Championship, the Colts game again. had a chance in that game to win. I feel like Phillip Rivers, his entire career, it's always been in the playoffs. He doesn't have the team in the playoffs or they face some juggernaut opponent and they just can't get by them. I feel like the Saints with this defense, with Alvin Kamara, if you get Odell, now we're talking. Now I think Phillip Rivers can win you one or two playoff games in the playoffs. With this Saints roster, Rivers can do that. Yeah, you add Odell into that. I'm with you. Like I, I think, like for example, I've been talking about Arizona a lot, and I've said multiple times, I'm not high on Arizona. If the Saints face Arizona in the playoffs, I think they can beat them if they have Phillip Rivers and Odell. If Kyler's healthy now. I think they can beat them. I think the Saints... Saints defense is really, really good. Yes. It's good. That being said, a healthy Cardinals team does not lose to the Saints. The They're Saints, I think, right? outside of the Bucks, outside of the Bucks, Rams, and Dallas, they can beat any team. This guy's Super Bowl favorites, the Rams. Wasn't the first team he named. Interesting. I think Phillip Rivers, if you want to go that route, is fair. I think Taysom Hill is just a better version of Cam Newton. I think he runs the ball better. I think he I has think he more runs zip better. on the ball. I don't I think know he's, about passing. They had the same yards as attempt as last year. So the whole Mike White thing, it's not impressive. It's 7.2. No, I know, know, I know. But, but like, I'm just saying, I just... I mean, that's Taysom about Hill, average for this for, for the NFL, truthfully. For Taysom Hill, I, I saw a lot of short passes when I saw him last year. And when he was forced to throw the ball down the field, it, it yeah. looked too weird. You, you know, have Cam Newton is Kamara, is You similar. need to throw the ball short. He has a very similar problem that Trey Lance has right now where he doesn't he doesn't know how to have touch. Every ball is 100 miles an hour coming out of his hand. That's been his biggest issue, and that was Lance's biggest issue when I watched him a few weeks ago. True. You know, it, it's just curious to... I'm curious to see what the Saints are going to do. You know, I really do think Phillip Rivers is the guy they should go get. And I think it makes perfect sense. Rivers can still play. But maybe they're looking at this season like we're throwing in the towel. Like, we'll probably get into the playoffs, but our defense has to carry us. You know, we're not going to rely on our offense carries because who knows if they do go get Odell. Because if they don't get Odell and Rivers is playing with Traquan Smith and Callaway, I don't know what's going to happen. But I would say I will say this, though. I will say this. I think Phillip Rivers can bring the best out of Marquez Callaway. I really do. And I think Jameis Winston and Phillip Rivers are, are both similar in the sense that they are gunslinging quarterbacks. You know, Jameis had to, to adjust more to the Saints and be more of a short thrower, short passing thrower. But Rivers, I think, can add that element of throwing the ball down the field as well because you know he takes chances. That often, they don't end up too good, you know. I did see a report from one of the one of the Brown speed reporters that they don't expect Odell to be cut or to be waived yet, whatever that means. I I just guess maybe not this week. Like he could get waived later in the season, but it's hard to believe that they'll just have him as a healthy scratch every week. They don't really have weapons in their receiving court to to just cut yeah. him willy nilly. Like it this. seems like more more of an issue though than just you know. Of I'm course, sure they want him out there. Obviously, I think it's Odell kind of being like, I want out. I feel like it's just. The relate like the play calling itself. Maybe we're giving a lot of blame on Baker, but at the same time, are the why why aren't the plays for Odell Beckham? He's, they are. 
Not, Odell's not. I mean, but then why, not connecting. But why would for, why would he have an issue with uh, with Stefanski and 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 that relationship if it was only on Baker? You understand what well, I'm saying? I don't know if there's an issue it's with Stefanski. I don't know if he has specifically. There's an issue with Stefanski there because the thing is the offense has been playing pretty well. You know, when, when everyone was healthy, when Chubb and Hunt especially. Um, but yeah, when once this offense becomes pass heavy or ever, ever has to become pass heavy, it's completely different. I know what you're saying, but I just don't know a a, a realm that we could live in where it's not a run first offense. Yeah, you it know won't what I'm be. Saying? Yeah, Stefanski has already said that Odell's basically not on the team. That's exactly yeah. what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. Also, it's well at this point, yeah. But the, for that to to leak out into the media, like obviously, if Odell's not going to be, well, Stefanski just said it. It wasn't a leak. He yeah. just said it. I think Stefanski got pissed because he saw his dad put that up and have LeBron tweeting this, and he has to deal with all of this. Now he's like, all right, if you don't want to be on the team, don't be on the team. You know. I Fair think uh, Tomlin said that about Melvin Ingram. He said we want players who are volunteers, not like prisoners, something like that. Like basically saying like Melvin Ingram didn't want to be here. Yeah. Man, it sucks. This is a huge blow to the Saints, though. You know, I really wanted James to finish out the year. That's my guy, man, Jameis Winston. That's my guy. Well, it's unfortunate, truthfully. I mean, hey, you got a, you got a chance for comeback player of the year next year. I know that yeah, was your. I saw yeah. it was one of your picks. Yeah, <laughs> Dak, well, he was he was going to win because of Dak and you know Burrow how too. he's playing. Joe Burrow as well, but Jameis deserves that Tua. man. Now Jameis, Tua. yo, you're right. Jameis now because he's actually coming off an injury is going to get it next year. Okay, on the Saints. Yes, they're he's going to be he's going to be a long term answer. You think, you think Sean Payne's really going to sit there another offseason and be like? We're going to go with Jameis. Because they still have this elite offensive line. They still have Alvin Kamara. They Ooh, need weapons. Bro, they Jameis is nice, bro. Jameis is he's good. so he's a average. He's, he's good. a franchise quarterback. At best. He's, he's good. good at best. Is he's facts. a top 15 quarterback in the league. He is. You're going to make me name 15. <sighs> you can name, really 15. name 15. He's better than Ron Tannehill. No. No. No, he is. You no. might not think it now, but you're going to think it like in a year. No, I don't. I won't. Because once the Saints get weapons... All right, and James go. can throw hey, the yeah, ball please. down the field. Is he better than Carson Wentz? They're in the That's same tier. That's all you tier. need to know. No, yeah, they're, no, on the no, no, the no, they're on the same tier. No, he's not. But, he, but Wentz is better. Yeah, he's like way better. <laughs> they're on the same tier. No, he's bro. not. Yes, they are. All right, here we go. Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Mahomes, Kyler, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, Tannehill, Herbert, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, I've Lamar Jackson, Lamar, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Matty Ice, Dak Prescott, do you want me to keep going? You just told, I, I, I'm not listening to you because you told me him and Wentz are not on the same tier. You think Wentz is, like, bro, look at their stats. I don't think there's a huge I, gap, but I think Wentz is better. Like, Winston is just is just as good, if not better. You don't throw 30 and 30 and you get put in the same tier as a guy that actually has made deep You mean play. the guy that led the league in turnovers last year? On a team that was horrible, had bounced back, actually is having the year that you thought James would have. Every quarterback in their first season with Arians outside of Tom Brady has had 40 turnover-worthy plays in their first year. And unfortunately, he converted on 30 of those. No, Carson Palmer had a, a, a lot of interceptions when he was with Arians' first year. So did Luck. So did Big Ben. James Winston, fourth in QBR this season. Q, yeah. QBR is the, one of the better stats he has. It's funny because you, you like to pick and choose when you like QBR. He has a great no, touchdown-interception ratio, but, bro, he's... He has a fifty nine percent completion percentage and under twelve hundred yards in seven games. Like he's on he pace for have, yeah, bro, he's he, on pace for under three thousand yards. And bro, Wentz, they have Wentz to, has fourteen touchdowns, three picks, nineteen hundred yards. They have to play completely different, bro. They have the Saints and the Colts play? They they have to call the game completely different. I know, bro, but but you just have to said have that under three thousand yards. Weapons, they both have great running backs, 
It's pretty simple. I'm not in. I'm not lines. in on the other receivers. Michael Pittman is good. Yeah, I like Michael Pittman a lot. There's not Zach Pascal will be the would be the best receiver on the Saints. Maybe he's they're the same Marquez Callaway kind of. Marquez like, Callaway has not been what I thought he would have well, been. We saw like one good preseason game, and everyone's oh yeah, he's gonna be the number yeah. one. Yeah, because he had Callaway. to be the number one. He had yeah. to be the target. But yeah, they're they're, they're you know Traquan Smith and Zach Pascal. Who are you taking? Zach Pascal is probably better than Traquan Smith. Yeah, but either way, like, he's not top fifteen. Like nine. And good. then you look at their tight ends. Like they have better tight ends as well. Moali Cox is, is is a good tight end for the Colts right now. Chapman was supposed to be good. Did he get hurt? I think he did get hurt, but even if he did, it's not like he was he's playing like he's healthy anyway. Oh, it's Jared Cook. Not even there. Wow. So I'm just saying, like, they have to play completely different. The way Sean Payne has to call the way he calls the offense, he calls it this way because they have no real receiver. So in the offseason, when they go get a receiver, now we're gonna see Jameis throw the ball down the field and really take chances. He's been doing it once versus the Bucks, he did just that. He threw the ball down the field, touchdown on the Bucks, said. That's why you should have kept me. Now I'm playing. <laughs> say he had six completions against the Bucks. <laughs> he got hurt though. I know, but you're acting like he's having this crazy game. Like, bro, under nah, three thousand. He threw. He threw a bomb. No, but uh, but being on pace for under three thousand yards in a whole season is nuts. Like that's awful, bro. You have on the Saints. You got to do that. Bro, like he's, that's he's, how they're calling. I know, the but game he's got right a fifty nine percent completion percentage. So even when he is, they're still not. He's still not. You know, receivers suck, bro. I'm just I'm being honest. The, listen, the I agree. The weapons suck. are probably honestly they might have the worst wide receiver group in the league. They Sorry. they do. They do. Yeah, for sure. Like Elijah Moore will go in there be the best receiver yeah, easily. Just not getting into Keelan Cole would be the best receiver. He would be the best. Yo, yeah. Keelan Cole would dead sure. be the best receiver. And not on the not close. Yeah, yeah. That's a fact, bro. That's on Peyton. That's on Sean Payton. What about yo Tyler Croft would be the, their best <laughs> receiving weapon? Tyler Croft would go in there and be the best guy. Nah, bro, for real, though, the receivers suck. You're going to see, bro, like, I like Wentz a lot, but Jameis and him are 14 definitely and three, on the same team. He's not, yards, like, bro, it's not, yeah. a com- it's not a conversation. Jameis right is a fine feller. He's a, a phenomenal backup, but a franchise quarterback, nah. Yeah. Wants. You can't be a game manager and be a franchise quarterback, can you? He's managing a game because there's nothing Alex to... Smith? Was, I nothing, guess he wasn't. I'm saying, like, you're not a franchise guy. You're a good quarterback, but you can't be a franchise guy and be yeah. a game manager. Drew is only saying this because he's, he's not on Denver. If he was on if Denver, he, if he was on Denver, he'd be a top ten quarterback. I know, but it's, it's true. If he was on Denver, <laughs> I mean, Drew, he would have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah yeah. Font, Albert Melvin o. Gordon. Albert if Jameis was Yo, on Albert Denver, o, I will give you your credit. Yeah, Albert O's nice. You were early on him. Yeah. He is like that. If Jameis was on the Broncos, you would be wearing a Winston jersey. <laughs> I mean, I almost bought a Drew Lock jersey, so it's Thank not God. saying much. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, Jameis would have actually proved it. You know, I know Lock hasn't proved it. Unfortunately, yeah. A quarterback that is going to make his first start is Jordan Love because Aaron Rodgers got COVID. Uh, it was leaked that, well, it wasn't leaked, but it's reported that he's unvaccinated. You know, he got COVID. He will miss the game against the Chiefs. So Jordan Love is going to make his first start. Devontae Adams' status is unsure, but Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling could play. And Robert Tunney is out for the year. What do you expect out of Jordan Love in his first start? How, do you think he's going to be good? Do you think he's going to lead him to a win? You want me to go first? I have very low expectations for Jordan Love. I think the game plan for this week is going to be very similar to what it was against Arizona. You're going to see a ton of Aaron Jones, a ton of A.J. Dillon. 
I do think I'm pretty sure Devontae Adams is vaccinated. I think he's expected back at practice Thursday, so I expect him to play. If he doesn't play, that's going to be even more Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and and Jordan Love might have 20 pass attempts. <laughs> My biggest issue with Jordan Love is that I don't think he's that good. I think he was a first round pick on him. You've seen him. This is year two, right? This is his second year. Yeah. And we have heard nothing out of practice. We had this huge drama, all this saga in the offseason about Aaron Rodgers, right? He wants out. He wanted to do Jeopardy. He's going to retire, all of this. And the Packers had a great situation. If you think, if you have the next Mahomes, right? Like the Chiefs have said they saw one of the first weeks of practice. Mahomes is special. If you saw that from Jordan Love, and you could go and you could have made a trade with the 49ers and got the number three overall pick or with the Broncos and got ninth, eighth pick, whatever it was. And you don't make that move. I don't think Jordan Love is like that. Now, Tyree we have to Kill see. also said he thought Mahomes was a he bust. Did. Yeah, I know. But we've also saw reports saying that I remember um, Lefko came out and said that he that first week in practice said or Patrick Mahomes is special. So if you don't see it in practice and you have all of this time. Two years now you've seen of just practice and he doesn't even play. There's been times where Rodgers hasn't played or has been benched and Jordan Love isn't playing. You know, they have someone else coming in. I saw that, I remember, last year. Maybe Jordan Love is hurt, but regardless, I don't think he's that good. I have very low expectations. You're playing a Chiefs team. This is a winnable game. The Chiefs suck. Chiefs are not good. They almost just lost to the Giants of all teams, right, at home on Monday Night Football. So I have low expectations for Jordan Love. This is going to be a big Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon game, a lot of checkdowns, a lot of screens, and, and short passes. And if Devontae Adams plays, then he should have at least a decent game throwing. If he doesn't play, there's no way you could give him the ball and ha- ask him to throw it more than 20 times. If Devontae Adams plays, this is the perfect game for Jordan Love to come in and, and, and actually show that he is that guy. Kansas City Chiefs defense this season has been terrible, horrible, in games with teams that they should not be in games with. So if there was a game for Jordan Love to come in and prove that he's actually a decent quarterback or, you know, quarterback worthy to be the successor of all-time great Aaron Rodgers, you do it this week, 100%. You have Tay, you're going to have Aaron Jones, who's obviously one of the better pass-catching backs in our league. A.J. Dillon has shown a lot. Lazard's coming back as well. Marquez Valdez-Scanley has a chance to, to, to come back into the lineup. But I'm with you. I'm not high on Jordan Love. I think he's going to have a good game this week for sure. But if this is his only opportunity because he's going to have COVID, people are going to be exaggerating. Oh, Jordan loves that guy. Jordan loves that guy. He's benefiting from playing the Chiefs right now that are cold. They are cold, especially defensively. Offensively, they're getting figured out to a degree. All they're doing is just playing against is Mahomes. That's all it took. You have to put two deep safeties, that's and it. that's it. That's it. You that you figured out Mahomes. It makes no sense to me because they just don't like to see the che- they don't care to see the checkdowns because it's just not an efficient way to move the ball in their eyes. Yeah. Well, you take Tyreek out of the game. What more do you really have to do? I mean, you take Kelsey out of the game. Kelsey what more had a terrible game against the Giants. Too is so surprising. So now you're, he's getting put in a position to be successful. I think he could. He will have a good game. That being said, I'm not going to look too much into it. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. From what I've seen in the few highlights in training camp in practices, yeah. he looks like a joke. He can't really throw oh the ball that God. great. I, th- this is his guy. He I loves was gonna say, Jordan he Love. He likes Jordan Love, right? No, no, no. Loves Jordan oh, Love. Thank God. And it's in, like to to a degree, it makes no sense. I mean, from what you've <laughs> seen in training camp, you love this guy. Man, you guys just said a lot of bullshit. Okay. I'll be honest with you. It's one thing to think that Jordan Love might not have a good game, or it's one thing to say you didn't like Jordan Love before the pre-draft process. 
but to de- to deny the arm talent this kid has is unbelievable from you too. Arm talent doesn't matter. It's like you, Jordan, you're down on Lance, and he has one of the best arms. I'm not down on Lance. Arm talent, I like Lance. Arm talent is a small fraction of what makes a court, like a incredibly small fraction. Before the draft in 2019 draft, when I was scouting these quarterbacks, I looked at Jordan Love and I said, "This guy's going to be good. He's going to be really good." And when I was ranking my quarterbacks, I will admit I wasn't the highest on Justin Herbert. So, and neither was a lot of people. I mean, it was the consensus was that he was going to be a bust, and he surprised everybody. But I said, I'm not sure if Joe Burrow is going to be better than Jordan Love. You know, if I'm the Dolphins and I'm picking between two and Jordan Love, I'm going Jordan Love because Jordan Love to me is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in this draft class. There's no doubt to me. He landed in the perfect situation in Green Bay, got to sit one year under Aaron Rodgers. He didn't play last year. And you're right. There are times he could have gotten in, but he didn't get in. But neither here or there. I know the the training camp highlights don't look so great. In the preseason, I didn't think he was bad. You know, versus the Texans and versus the Bills, I thought he made a lot of big-time throws. You know, some things he had to work on, that's true. Then... First game of the season versus the Saints, he came in after they were getting blown out, went five for seven, completed five for seven for 68 yards. If Devontae Adams doesn't play, I don't think LaFleur opens up the playbook for Jordan Love. If Devontae Adams plays, I think the playbook is getting open. You know Steve Spagnola is going going to blitz. It's all he does. He's going to try to confuse the hell out of Jordan Love, but he'll be ready. Because Jordan Love has been sitting, he's been watching, he's been studying. Aaron Rodgers didn't play until his fourth year in the NFL. Didn't start until his fourth year in the NFL. Jordan Love's just on his second season. He's probably not going to be the full-time starter until his third or fourth year in the NFL because if Rodgers comes back to Green Bay, he's sitting another year. To talk about this game, Jordan Love is going to have a hell of a performance. He's throwing for at least 250. He's going to have at least two touchdowns. That's the minimum. I could see a pick. I could see a pick because first NFL game action, Steve Spagnola, aggressive, going to try to confuse you. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if he goes for 303 tugs because that's how gifted he is as a passer, as a thrower. His last year at Utah State, he threw a lot of interceptions. That's true. He lost 11 starters on the offensive side of the ball. He didn't have any receivers. He was playing hero ball. Jordan Love, to me, he's the real deal. And people are going to start to see it. I know it's against the Chiefs, but you're going to get a glimpse of that, a a glimpse of why they drafted him in the first round. I thought he should have been a top 15 pick. So the fact that he went to the 20s and Green Bay traded up for him, I thought he should have never been that far, but I thought that was a great move by Green Bay. He's the real deal. I love some love, man. Jordan Love. That's I think, my guy. I think Jordan loves. I think there's chances there for big plays, right? I could see a long touchdown breaking. The Chiefs' defense is terrible, but I think when you when you look back and you're going to look at every single play, I don't think we're going to sit there and be like, "Wow, this guy is ready to play right now." And maybe that's not fair. Maybe he needs more time. But if you spend a first round pick on a guy and you need to wait two years for him to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah, obviously, like he's not going to start no matter what he does against Kansas City once Rodgers comes back. So I think there's going to be potential for him to have. Big plays, and at the end of the day, the stat line will look good, like 250 and two touchdowns. But when you go back and you see and you go to each drive and what he really did, I don't think he's going to do anything special. The reason why I disagree with that statement a little bit is because 
we see quarterbacks all the time. When they get drafted, they get, they get the keys immediately. And in the first season, they're one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. In their second season, they're still one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. It's not until that third year where they take off. Then we see players that come in and they sit. And once they get the keys, they take off. You know, Mahomes took off. I'm forgetting some other names, but I know there's some other. Aaron Rodgers took off. There's some players that have took off, taken off more than the players, than the rookies that have got it slotted in immediately and just been asked to play. Even Baker, he took off his first year, but now we're seeing who Baker truly is. Love is just in a perfect position. You know, if, if this was any other team like the Jets, yeah, that's risky. But it's Matt LaFleur, who I think is a top 10 coach in the NFL, top five arguably, mm-hmm. with the great offensive game plan. He knows that in this game, people are going to look to Love and try to make these hot takes and try to call him a bust or the future. That's what it's going to be. After this game, they're going to call him the future or a bust. It's one of the two. There's no in-between. Nobody's going to give this guy any time because they already said he's been sitting for a year, so he should, he should already be a great quarterback. Matt LaFleur is going to put him in a perfect position to succeed. Yeah. With all the weapons they have, Aaron Jones, Dylan, Chiefs, one of the worst defense. There could have not been a better time for him to start than now. It's a fact. And I'm happy about it. Not like Zach Wilson, like starting against the Bills. I would sit him for that. You know, so I like this a lot for Jordan Love. This is also Matt LaFleur's, it was his first pick as a head coach. You know? So do you think that he loses this game or do you think they beat the Chiefs? Mm, I think the Packers cover the spread, but I think the Chiefs, they kind of have to win. You're playing Jordan Love, you know, like this is... From the pressure that I saw the Packers have on Arizona, I'm not putting it out of the realm of possibility the Packers win this game, truthfully. That pass rush was one of the more impressive showings I've seen, truthfully. They should not have won that game, and they won pretty convincingly. Yeah, the pa- yeah. I so kind of retract my statement, yeah. but the Packers, it's going to be competitive. They're, I think they're definitely have Where a chance it? to win. Huh? Where is it? Where is it? Like KC the game? or Green Bay? Oh, oh you're oh. asking. I'm, uh, I I'm, believe it's in KC. I'm going to go... Green Bay, truthfully. From what I saw against Arizona, in Arizona. It's in KC. It doesn't matter to me, to be honest with you. Uh, Kansas City, just as a whole, offensively, defensively, is not the same Kansas City. It's hard to, like, when you see it year after year, and we kind of almost got it, like, in our head, like, they're going to be the next dynasty to win every year for the next 10 years. It's kind of hard to be, like, who they are now, and who they are now is a below-average football team. And can we count on them to get it right against one of the better teams in the league? Even without Rodgers. That defense, I got to start giving it respect, truthfully. That performance against Arizona was one that just is going to stand out to me for the rest of the season. They they, they won 100%. As great as Rodgers played, as, as, as much as Randall Cobb played up to the moment, that defense won them the game. It's crazy. To say the Packers are going to win. I just think there's too much pressure on the Chiefs right now to win. Because they got to. They I have mean, no choice. You're behind the Raiders in the standings. And there's a pretty... And the Chargers. Side, yeah, the Chargers not by much. Because the Chargers lost, just lost to the Patriots. Are they 4-4? Four and four? Yeah, they are. Yeah, Broncos are 4-4. Four and four. The that Chiefs, should, that should just the Chiefs you know have to win. This is a must-win game. Three. They played uh, one they had game. A buy, yep. This is a must-win game. So I think the Chiefs win it, but... It's going to come down to the wire. It's going to come down to the last possession. I think Aaron Jones goes absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I think both those running backs have a great day. We saw A.J. Dillon, how much he was utilized. You know, A.J. Dillon's a really good running back. 
So why didn't you like Jordan Love pre-draft? I mean, he just, well, one, you don't know how well a, a quarterback can read a defense until he's in an NFL setting. He just made some inaccurate throws. He's got great arm strength for sure. His accuracy is in question. Whether he can read the field well or not, that's going to be the biggest question come this Sunday. Because, like I said, you don't really know how to read a defense until you're in that situation. And he's been sitting all this time. Sure, he's been learning. But at the same time, just can't put that confidence in him from just from what I've seen, just a few clips. He just doesn't look like that guy. I don't know if he's going to be a good bad, good or bad quarterback for the rest of his career. I'm just saying the question was this this week, what are your expectations? And it's not – I don't expect I him to go out there and have a crazy good game. I think he's going to make some plays probably because he's playing a terrible defense and he has, I agree, I think LaFleur is a top five coach and I think the weapons around him, if Devontae's playing, is also probably top five, top ten in the league, especially when you take into account both of those running backs. Um, So in terms of Jordan Love as a quarterback overall, who knows? You know, like he's incredibly young. He was a first round pick. The talent is there. He's learning behind one of the best quarterbacks and one of the best coaches the NFL has. So there is no excuse for him not to perform. Yeah, you're right. And if he doesn't perform well, I don't know. I got to look at that again. Yeah, I believe like, I we can't overreact to one game. If he plays terrible, if he plays amazing, I can Versus overreact. The Chiefs, exactly, yeah. I can overreact because there's no reason why he's been sitting all this time. He gets his one opportunity against one of the worst defenses right now yeah, with Devonte. Still against you're going against True. your Kansas City team, one of the hardest places to play against. True, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. People have you. Literally, he's been watching the games like us. You know, see them in the Super Bowl every year, making playoff games, making huge plays. The Giants just gave them a game in Arrowhead. Yeah. I'm not putting it past Green Bay to at least be competitive. No, I agree. I think Green Bay, yeah. And the pick I might take Green Bay. Daniel Jones or Jordan Love? Daniel Jones. (laughs) Damn. Uh, It's like the devil you know versus the devil you don't. It's like, think (laughs) about what Daniel Jones was doing when he actually had all his guys. Yeah, People, People were in. Me, I'm still in. Now all his guys go out. He's working with a lot less. Daniel Jones he's only can do it so it's much. It's going to be another Sam Darnold situation where this time next year it's going to be almost time for a new contract, and we'll That's see right. what happens. I think Judge stays. Gettleman probably not, but it could be a new GM, and possibly next year. You know, what I'm saying like the end of and next year, mean, yep. a new head coach it could be a new Darnold situation where you don't want to pay him, but you think there's talent. I think I'd still take Daniel Jones over Love, though. I mean, Judge is ridiculous. You heard about that headset comment? Yeah, he's a clown for that. Yeah, that was the dumbest thing. What did he say? He said that he's been having headset problems the entire season, and the NFL basically said, no, no, you're not. And that's why he calls questionable timeouts. Yeah, I was, yeah. What? what do you need the head? Like, bro, look at the clock. Yeah, I just don't know if I would say that yeah. into the public, truthfully. <laughs> you want an excuse, I guess. Like, I don't know. Everyone was in on Joe Judge last year. Like, everyone. Because the Giants were competitive. He's a special teams coach, correct? In New England, yeah. Is he calling no plays? So he's there for what, motivational purposes? That's what John Harbaugh is, though. Does Tomlin call defensive plays? I don't think so. Tomlin, he's a defensive, he's a defensive coach. I believe. Okay, but is he calling defensive plays? I'm going to assume yes. He might be overseeing them. He Correct. might not be calling them. Yeah, I think that's... But John Harbaugh was a special teams coach. So was Ron Rivera, I believe. Fair enough. I guess I can't be too critical of so. these guys. But Ron Rivera, I thought he's a defensive-minded coach. He is too, but I think he he, he does some work with special teams. Okay. But I know John Harbaugh definitively yeah. is a special teams coach. So, hey, I guess I got to give him the benefit of the doubt from what I've seen from him, truthfully. He has his moments for sure, but we'll see. We'll see. Earlier in the show, I said that I'm picking the Rams to win it all this season. But I want to hear your guys' midseason pick to come out of the AFC and NFC. Who are you going with and why? I think the NFC is an easy one. 
We'll see what ends up happening, but right now, how it stands, how can you not pick the Rams? We discussed it at length earlier. They have everything. They have a great offensive line. Andrew Whitworth should be back next week to solidify the left side of the line. Daryl Henderson's been phenomenal. I don't know if Cam Akers, they're talking about Cam Akers potentially coming back for the playoffs, which hopefully they don't rush him, but yeah. he's he's looking good three months out of surgery. Um, I think that's the easy one. For the AFC, I think I got the Ravens. I know the Bills are probably going to be the hot, you know, the, the hot team to take. They're unbelievable. Every asset of the ball except really rushing, but even still, Zach Moss having a pretty good season. I think Lamar, this is Lamar's year that really take off and, and compete for a Super Bowl. He's having, he leads the league and average up the target. He's pushing the ball down the field. I see Rashad Bateman coming off a bye, coming off injury, really getting involved in the offense. And you have a great tandem of Bateman and Hollywood Brown with Mark Andrews over the middle of the field. Sammy Watkins is still there. Um, so I think it's going to be Ravens and Rams in the Super Bowl. So yeah, like he mentioned, NFC is pretty much a lock at this point. At least to me personally, I've been high on the on the Rams from the start of the season. I'm going to continue riding with the Rams. I think like you, you covered all the bases; they have it all. Defensive line, secondary could be a little bit better, but as long as you have Jalen Ramsey there, he's going to hold it down. Offensively, they've been one of the best offenses in the league, passing, running. They can do it all. Obviously, Matty Staffy's having MVP MVP caliber type season. Sean McVay, one of the better offensive play callers in the league. I'm going Rams now. AFC, this is where it gets interesting. Because the Bills have been impressive, and I cannot overlook what they've done. But I'm not in love with their schedule in terms of, I think it's been too easy. They've had it easy. They had one, they had a cup that, what, one challenge, two challenges with the Steelers' defense, loss against the Steelers, loss against the Titans. And, and I'll be honest, they should have handled the Titans. They did score a lot of points, but the defense got chewed up, truthfully. I do like the Ravens. The Ravens are too hit or miss for me. Defensively, they have a lot of injuries. I trust Lamar for sure. I trust that run offense for sure. Just don't know if that defense is going to hold up. I saw the Tavis is banged up, so he didn't yeah. practice today. Damn. This is going to be very, very bold. I'm going Bengals. Mm. I think the Bengals, from where I'm looking at it right now, defensively, their secondary has been great. Jesse Bates has been solid. I just think overall right now, offensively, they have something going on. They had a rough game against the Jets. But you look at the Jets and you just, you overlook a team like that. That's how I'm looking at the game this week, that the, this game this past win. week. Exactly. They they were looking past the Jets. They thought they had this one in the bag. They were up 31-20. The boys played lax. They were playing back all, basically all game. And they got exposed. And it happens. It's the NFL. We saw the Chiefs that were 14-0 lose to oh, like a 1-14 Kansas City Chiefs years ago. I think that Joe Burrow's taking that leap this season. You have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. The offensive line has been significantly better from last season. I think the Bengals are my team. I just don't, I'm not all in on the Bills yet because I need to see them play real talent and play at a high level. Overall, the Bengals, the Bengals secondary has been pretty complete. Run defense has been great. Secondary has been a little bit spotty. Just based off that the the game against the Jets, truthfully, but at the same time, I'm not overthinking it, especially because it's the Jets. They took it easy. They'll be back next week. They're going to be impressive. I'm I'm taking the Bengals. The Bengals have every chance. Just looking at their schedule to control their own destiny. They have all these games against AFC opponents and AFC North opponents: Browns, Raiders, Steelers, Chargers, 49ers out of out of conference. But then the Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, and Browns again. So this end, you know, these last eight weeks is going to give the Bengals a chance. If they want to be, you know, a top three seed, if they want to win the AFC North, they're going to have every chance to because 
every game except one of these is going to be AFC opponents, and almost all of them are going to be pushing for the playoffs. I mean, you look at it. Awuzie has been one of their biggest blessings in this offseason. Adding him was huge. Eli Apple... He's he's a manageable cornerback to have on the squad. Logan Wilson's the, their leading tackler. They 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 have all their bases covered. Henderson, I believe his name Trey Trey Henderson. How many Hendrickson. Hendrickson? Excuse me. He's a decent pass rusher. I feel like if that's the one thing I could look at them and think you know their pass rush could be a little bit better. But overall, that defense is pretty solid. It does it has minimal holes right now. So I'm I'm feeling really good about the Bengals. Uzama's really coming alive too. That's, that's a, good a fact. Yeah. No. For sure. I mean. He's been that safety net when when the guys are open. I mean, when the guys are covered, Burrow trusts Uzama in big situations. He's come through. I have two teams in the AFC. I can't quite decide on the Buffalo Bills. To me, I I like them a lot. I like their defense. I love their defense. I love their offense. They can run the ball better this year than they could last year, and I feel like their offense hasn't gotten it hasn't gotten 100% going just yet. But when I look at every team in the AFC, I think they're the most complete team in the conference. The second team, this is going to sound crazy, but I look at the Patriots right there. Yeah. And I'm playing now, <laughs> not the Patriots. Um, the Chargers. I, I like the LA Chargers. And there's a theory floating around that, um, you know, in 2019, the Bucks finished with a 79 record. They drafted an offensive line with their 13th pick. They drafted the son of a former former Pro Bowl defensive back in the second round, Antoine Winfield Jr. We look at the Chargers, 7-9-2020. Drafted Rashawn Slater, 13th pick. Drafted Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round. Steal. I feel like the Chargers have the pieces in place to make it to the Super Bowl, but their offense right now, to me, seems to be getting figured out just a bit. Versus the Ravens, laid an egg. Versus the Patriots, offensively, Herbert made mistakes. It just feel feels like teams, defenses right now, have a step on the Chargers. They know what they're doing. That's why I'm not fully invested, but they would be my second pick. Then the NFC, that's easy. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now I'm playing. <laughs> I was about to say, didn't bro just say? like <laughs> I'm going with the LA Rams. You know, they're my pick to, to win it all this year. I just feel like this Von Miller move took them over the top as I'm looking at Drew's disappointed face. He's so sick. Not disappointed. Interesting. Very interesting decision. Yeah, so I think the Rams just have it all. Like I said, the only thing that is making me just a bit queasy on them. I'm not, I I feel bubbly in the stomach about them. I don't feel good. I can't support it, truthfully. Because he's not 100% confident. The biggest question is probably their most secure spot, truthfully. It's just, how is Stafford going to be in big-time games? We haven't seen it. To be fair, he's never made the playoffs, has he? Or even if he has, no, he, has, he, he hasn't won. Think about, he the, think about yeah. that game against Dallas. He had that game won. They picked up a pass interference flag. When in NFL history have, have they picked up a pass interference flag? Ever? No? That Rarely, one time? Yeah. Every once in a while. It's all right. And that team was like that. Yeah. No, that team was good. Yeah, that team was good. But, I mean, Dallas, they also got robbed. I don't believe that they game. They did. They Des did against Bryant. Dallas. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, against Green Bay, yeah. 100%. He did catch the ball. I mean, we, we've seen worse We've seen worse moments. What about the Saints versus Rams? But I'm with you. Those, those were two of the worst, yeah. well, non-call. I guess both were non-calls. 
One was egregious. One was insane. One was egregious. I mean, both were pretty egregious, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. That Saints one was ridiculous. It was pass interference. You, All three of us could have called that with our eyes closed. That one, he was completely hugging him, wasn't looking at the ball, wasn't trying to make a play on the ball, just goes and basically tackles the tight end. But the thing about it is that Stafford is my biggest question mark in the playoffs in a big-time game. Fourth quarter, he needs a fourth-quarter comeback. You don't got 225 chances like you did in Detroit to only do it 44 times. No, you got one of one in the playoffs. I haven't seen him do it, and that's why I'm skeptical about it. It's the same thing like Kyler Murray. We haven't seen Kyler Murray in the playoffs yet. That's why everybody is kind of, they know Arizona's good, but in the playoffs, how good are you going to Sometimes be? Sometimes when I'm you just, know, you know. I'm also more confident in McVay than in Kingsbury. That's a fact. You know, like I, I agree with that. But it's just Stafford, when the game's on the line, are you going to make that play or are you going to throw an interception? Because I've seen him throw those interceptions this in year, late though, in games. This no year questions. he hasn't. But I'm just saying that's my that's my only question. That's the only reason why I couldn't be fully invested in them. I'm I'm like ninety five percent invested. Every team has a question mark. Look at but the Bucks; it, their whole secondary is a question mark. Not when they're healthy. Okay, let's get healthy. You know, like I mean, it's even football. when they're not healthy. You know, when they're healthy, if they get with Jamel Dean, when Sean Murphy, healthy. Bunting, when when they're healthy, Carlton Dave Davis, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Richard Sherman is now added into that mix. Like, yeah, now we know they're secure. If it's not the Rams, it's the Bucks for me still. You know, but I will say over Dallas. Yes, yeah, Dallas is but my number two. I can't sleep on Dallas. Dallas, I was saying Dallas is my two. My well. number two. All these teams in the NFC can make it, man. Bucks like right. a lot of them, Dallas, the Bucks, the Rams. Dallas' biggest thing is McCarthy. Is he going to fold? Yeah. Clock management wise, is he going to fold? Even, that even Green them. Bay with all their injuries, they've been highly me. competitive. So it's a wide open. It's this year is wide open, but. The Rams, I just feel like, have the most complete team in the NFC. And I think everything's yeah, just clicking right now. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, Stafford is my biggest question in the playoffs right now. How is he going to perform under the bright lights with the pressure on him? If he needs that one drive, what's going to happen? Like, it's a lot of variables. And, you know, with a guy like Tom Brady, I trust him. With a guy like Aaron Rodgers, I trust him. Even Dak Prescott, I've seen it in the playoffs. I trust him. Stafford, I don't. Have we seen him from Dak in the playoffs? We have. First first year as a rookie. He lost. He threw for 300 yards, though. He lost, but ultimately. It came down to the last drive because Aaron Rodgers was miraculous. It was yeah. an all-world yeah. drive. One of, probably Dak, the greatest but drive Dak, ever seen. But, but One of the best throws. Dak too. was phenomenal. was picture perfect that game. And then he beat the Seahawks when he ran in for that touchdown and did that flip. <laughs> like He's done it. you know. So that's my concern with Stafford right now. That's the, the biggest Rams. concern with the Rams, though. You're sitting pretty. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> dude's been unbelievable this season. And we're going to question the, the brightest spot on the team right now. He's playing better than how Donald is, has been performing for them. The only one that comes close to him is Jalen Ramsey, truthfully. Oh, this isn't the first time that the brightest spot on a team doesn't show up in the biggest moments. Let me hear what he's about to say. I mean, the. Todd Gurley with the Rams. Okay, I th- I thought he was about to get rude. LeBron? I, no, I oh, thought he was going to say Payton or something. <laughs> I was waiting for LeBron again. I mean, Todd Gurley with the Rams. He, but Todd Gurley got hurt. MVP, he got hurt. MVP-like, and then in the playoffs... His knees just went to shit, They honestly. gave up. Poor guy. But it's not, it's not the only time where we've seen a, a quarterback be great in the regular season, and in the playoffs, it doesn't transfer over. All right, here we go. Uh, 2011. Stafford, 380, three touchdowns, two INTs. That hurts. This is playoffs? It's playoffs. 
2014, 323, a touchdown, interception. That hurts. Threw for 205. I don't know who he played here. Had a bad game. Zero touchdowns, zero picks. Only 18, 18 completions, 32 attempts. 383 touchdowns, two INTs. 323, a touchdown, INT. It's not so, horrible. Yeah, but the game plan that Sean McVay is going to have is going to be better exactly. than whatever game plan he gets in. The weapons he has is better than all the weapons he's had. Like Calvin Johnson, bro. I'm, I'm talking as a whole. Obviously, Calvin. But as a whole, he's never had these type of weapons. No. I don't know. Calvin or Woods and Cup. I'm taking that Calvin only. Cup is going to be putting up one of the best wide receiver seasons of all time. He's and I don't, obviously, talent-wise, he's not those close. Weapons but next to Calvin were too bad either. Nate Burleson, probably. I mean, check it. Check it. The the weapons. I'm like not Nate sure. Burleson, they probably had... Because uh, they went 11-5 and five one year. That was that was a great year. Blanking at who the running back was. Shock Bell, probably. Yeah. He rushed for 1,000 yards one year, though. Let's see. It was Nate Burleson. Yeah. Wasn't bad. I mean, Cooper Cup, statistically, is going to be putting up one of the craziest <laughs> seasons ever. Yo, this... <laughs> Nate Burleson, Titus Young... That's a that's a name, man. Titus Young. He yo, thought he was a superstar. Yo, for real. Brandon Pettigrew. He was a good tight end. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the guy that got the PI called back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And Javid Best. Mm-hmm. Javid Best. Word. Pettigrew yeah. was a good tight end. Yeah, th- this group. That's of, a, he's as good my as God. Higby. It's sorry. Yeah, I, he's I as good Calvin. as Higby. Pettigrew two K one year. Calvin. Yeah. Almost nineteen. I mean, Cup is on pace probably for like 18, 19. I mean, bro, game. he's about to have all-time great season. I was going to say, he's on pace for like 20 TDs. Too. It's crazy because yeah. I thought this was going to be Woods, man. Cup has uh, just been Cup. all world. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. You know, the playoffs ain't too far away. You know, we only, we're only like eight weeks away from it, yep. eight, nine weeks away from it. So we'll see. We'll see Stafford in the brightest light sooner rather than later. It's almost a mock draft season. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I got to start Jets, watching man. film on these prospects and yeah. giving my opinions and takes. On to the last topic of the show, NFL Pick'em Week 9, our Week 9 predictions. First game of the week, Thursday Night Football, Jets versus Colts. Who wins that game? The Colts are going to win this game. They're going to blow out the Jets by like 20. Colts, hot take, JT, 200. Not against Fadakazi. You guys are horrible. Not against Fadakazi. Our, you guys are 32nd ranked right now. Uh, our D-line's supposed to be the To running back, excuse me. I'm going with the Colts easy. Mike White is going to play Come back bad, down to earth. And people can finally stop this dumb narrative about this controversy. Raiders versus Giants. Uh, I'll take the Raiders here. They've got to keep up in the AFC West. They're you know just a game behind. Even though the Chiefs, we've been talking all of this, how bad they are, they're a game out of first place. I'm going to go Raiders. Although I do think it's going to be a good game, I think the Raiders need to quiet the outside noise, make people realize what people need to be actually talking about when it comes to the Raiders. I think the Raiders win this one. I usually don't pick the Raiders. I don't pick them. And people always comment and say, oh, you're wrong about the Raiders. But I can't pick them here. I I just can't. Something is not. You've been picking the Giants a lot. Because I just feel like it's, it's going to be that one week where the Giants just Figure it out. How many weeks? are It's, it's inevitable. You're going to hit. You're going to hit. twice this year, right? Two it could six. be this one. Who knows? If Saquon comes back, he's going to have a game. He didn't practice today. Really? He, he got put on the COVID list. He did. I forgot about that. I don't know but there if that's was the 12, close but contacts. There was, they, they retested that. I know. 12 came back negative. But he still this is, is just, probably like a close this contact. This, to me, is going to be an upset of the week alert. They're in Vegas? I'm, no. It met life. Oh, okay. I'm picking the Giants to win this game, to beat the Raiders. Okay. Falcons versus Saints. 
Oof. Who's starting at quarterback for the Saints, man? I'm making it easy. I'm going Saints. That defense is going to hold it down. I, I think the Saints win this one. I think the Saints probably do as well, especially, I mean, Calvin Ridley, hopefully everything's good with him. And they're in New Orleans. And they're in, yeah, Saints. I'm going with the Saints as well, although I think it could be a close game. Divisional. You know, the Falcons, yeah, sure. 500 team around there, someone around there. Bills versus Jaguars. Yeah, Bills by 15,000. Every, every player who has went on the Manning cast has too. lost, and yeah. Josh Allen was on it. And Josh Allen's going to break the curse. And they're going by yeah, 50. he should break the curse. I'm going Bills. I'm going Bills too. Browns versus Bengals. Mm, this is a good game. Hell At Cincinnati. <laughs> and since he's coming off an embarrassing loss, if we're being I honest. I said it better myself. So I think this is a must-win game for them. They'll bounce back here, divisional opponent, and get another win in the uh, AFC North. A lot of narratives coming on here. Bengals lost to the Jets. Obviously, that's embarrassing. They want to bounce back. Browns have had some controversy. Odell, Baker, is he really that guy? Who did the Browns play last week? Oh. Steelers. Yes, they did. They lost. They lost. Yeah. yeah. I'm going Bengals, especially because they're at home. It's, gonna, it's a division matchup. Truthfully, anything can happen. But I think the Bengals have a little bit more to prove since they just lost to the Jets. I think they win. I think I'm going with the Browns. I think Odell not playing might do them even better because Baker Fair. might have a big, yeah. big time game. I like that. I thought that with Keenum, too. When Keenum played, and it didn't happen. It did win, though. Huh? Oh, I understand what you mean. Keenum yeah. played, and that Odell was going to have a big game. Yeah. Fair. I think that the Browns win this game. I think it's going to be close. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals win, though. Agreed. Patriots versus Panthers. Stephon Gilmore is playing. Revenge game. <laughs> I saw Sam Darnold isn't practicing, and P.J. Walker might take the start because of the concussion. Oh, hell no. Yeah, so with that, <laughs> I think the expectation is P.J. Walker is going to start, so the Patriots and Bill Belichick's not going to let P.J. Walker beat them. XFL star. I got to yeah. give the Patriots their credit. They have definitely impressed me given the roster that they currently have they've won a few games they've been in a lot of close games the one that sticks out to me the most is obviously that tampa bay game so i think that they should win this one i'm, I'm not in love with the panthers roster cmc is back which is interesting he was very limited at practice was today, per source but i i did see that he's going to be taken off the ir yeah designated to return so he could come back in the next three weeks i was going to say 20 i saw 21 days if cc is cmc comes back things get interesting that being said I do think CMC is going to have a great game if he plays because that's just who he is. I do think it'll be it won't it won't be enough. Patriots will win. I got the Patriots in this one. I think they get above five hundred because right now they're four and four, I believe, or they're yep. three and four. One of those they're four and four. That's great because they're going to be five and four right here. Patriots making that playoff push and the they're not too far off from the Bills. You know, catching AFC, up to the Bills. That bottom tier. Very close. What if Mac Jones leaves the Patriots to the Super Bowl his first year? Okay. I'll throw up. I'll buy his jersey. <laughs> That's my guy, man. Mac Attack. Hate to see him in New England. I Mac like Mac Jones. a lot, but just he's not New England. You can't catch a break in that division, man. Can't. That's why I don't need a sh- Imagine Sean. Me. Imagine me. Herbie, Mahomes. You've had room for Peyton Manning your whole life. I'm a I mean, Jets I've fan. I've been blessed. Thank yeah. God. Like, grow up. Come on, bro. I'm about to have years and years okay, of Okay, and you've had 20 years of the best or second best quarterback in the league every year a lot of first round exits unfortunately uh, yeah it must suck <laughs> it did I've seen two playoff appearances so the guy that was great in the regular season but was great in the playoffs hey two chips take it Broncos versus Cowboys Cowboys Broncos stink I'm gonna pass <laughs> nah, I'm going Cowboys. with the Cowboys too. Cowboys obviously Vikings versus Ravens I mean I just picked the Ravens to go to the uh, the AFC or the Super Bowl represent the AFC I should say uh, coming off a bye I think this is their their game I'm going to go 
Ravens. Vikings just have shown that they can't get it done in the crunch time. A game that was most definitely winnable against Cowboys with a back of a QB. They couldn't win that. Can't trust the Vikings at all. I'm going with the Ravens. The Vikings are going to make this one close. Because they make every single game close and they lose in the down to the wire. Bro, being a Viking, are they went into the vision? You never know. It can happen. <laughs> I respect it. I respect so that. The Vikings, I feel like, have a chance to win this game. But for some reason, whenever I pick them this year, which has been a lot, they'd lose. So I'm gonna go. I'm a I'm a jinx the Ravens. I'm going with the Ravens this game. I think the Ravens will win this one. Okay. My wink fine. wink. Texans versus Dolphins. Dolphins gotta be. Ride, baby. Yeah. You already know. Two a time. Two a time. Tyrod might play though. He's been nice. He has. Okay. He has been solid. Tyrod. Nice. Tyrod might come back and play. Oh, Tyrod, Tyrod plays. plays Yo, I got the Texans. It might be interesting. Okay, I have the Texans. Tyrod two, two is about to tweak. He should. Waddle about to tweak. Gasicki, who has been very Amazing. good. He has been. He's going to bug out Who's as better, well. Better Tyrod Taylor or Tua? Tua. My eyes closed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you take Tua obviously because he's. You know, he's got promise. Tyrod, we know what he is. I'm going with the Dolphins this game. Chargers versus Eagles. Chargers. Don't got don't to gotta sit on this. I'll tell you what, though. Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, they're going to have good games. This Chargers rush defense is not it. Yep. That being said, Chargers should win. They're definitely the better team. Their secondary is solid. They're, they, they're, let's be honest. Eagles don't really have anyone to throw to regardless. Jalen Hurts isn't the best passer. Chargers should win this one. I got the Chargers, too, even though the Eagles can make this close. Packers versus Chiefs. Uh, here it is. This is We had the whole topic on it, and I've been thinking about it back and forth. I think the Packers pull it off. Yeah, man. I think so, too. I mean. So, J-Love? J-Love. J-Lo. 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 Way cooler nickname, I'll be honest. <laughs> J-Lo. It, it is already taken, but yeah. we'll give it to him anyways. I think the Packers do take this one, given the way that they played against Arizona with the majority of their guys out. I think that going against the Chiefs team right now, whose defense has been very spotty, offense that's been very spotty, offensive line that's been in question, the Packers' pass rush has been very, very good. I think Packers do win this one. It's going to be a good game, though. As much as I want to take the Packers and J-Love, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I just think this is a must-win game. They're 4-4. Four and four. They got to get in the top of that division. And this is a perfect opportunity for Mahomes to have that big-time game that we know that he's capable of having and their defense finally coming alive. We'll see if it happens, but I just feel like the Chiefs no one have that guy. to it's just win funny. this game. It's funny because you're the big Jordan Love supporter, and we're both the guys that were skeptical, and we were picking the Packers, and you're taking the Chiefs. I think Jordan Love's going to have a great big-time game. There's no really way he do. can have a great game and, and they, they lose. lose. Yeah, No, no there is. There, is. No, there Mahomes, really isn't. Mahomes. Mahomes, Bro, has, Mahomes has been mid. Or you guys stop your head on Mahomes. He's 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's having it's worst year of his career so far. Maybe. Worst year of his career, it happens to the best of them. Bro, Plus, the defense is low-key, haven't figured out. It's bizarre to me. I mean, even against the Giants, though, he was taking those checkdowns. He just the first drive he went down the field with checkdowns and threw the interception. But when the big play kind of not the story there for the Chiefs. That's a season, yeah. Yep. I'm going with the Chiefs, though. Cardinals versus 49ers. Take the Cardinals here. Uh, it's interesting because Kyler seems like it's kind of 50-50. Didn't practice today. Cliff said that. You know, even if he doesn't practice, as long as again the mental reps, mental reps, he can still play. I mean, obviously, if Kyler's out, it changes everything. But if he's healthy, or I should say, playing, he's probably not going to be healthy regardless. But I'll take the the Cardinals. I'm going cards here. Last time the 49ers and the Cardinals played, it was a great game. It was only decided by one score. Kyler being hurt, being banged up, I should say, is going to make this a great game. 
But it's going to be exciting to see because I want to see Kyle sit in that pocket. I want to see him actually, you know, be confident, make some good throws. I know he can do that, but it's going to be good practice for him to to not rely so much on scrambling outside the pocket. Although this offensive line, as it's, as it's been solid, it's in due to Kyle's ability to get out of the pocket, make things happen. But I am excited to see it, and I still do believe Cardinals win. I'm going with San Fran. Jimmy G just came off his best game, one of his best games of his career. I think he's finally getting healthy from that ankle. And this is a must win for the 49ers as well. Like They need to win this game to be in the playoff picture yeah. in the stacked NFC. So I'm going with San Fran. Real quick, Justin Fields, he balled out. He's good. He's nice. Yeah, he's Bro, okay. 100 he's rushing good. is like crazy. The, the week I dro- it's because I drop him in fantasy. I'll be honest. I already know. I'm not, not looking into it, man. What? Justin Fields? Fields. I'm sorry, bro. I'm in on him. What do you have? 175, no throwing. Oh, had 100 rushing, 100 rushing, rushing one touchdown. touchdown. And that rushing touchdown was, was crazy. Yeah, nah. Bro, that touchdown was incredible. Yeah. I'll get, that I'll give him. But I'm still not in. This is also two years in a row now, Kyler, midseason, getting lower body injuries. What is going on with that? It's hard because like it just, could just roll your You know what I mean? Like it's, it's something like that. He's on a tackle. Yeah, and it's something that was it the last was it the last play? One of the last plays. I mean, yeah, he's a smaller guy. He is smaller. Yeah, I I know, but because uh, when he gets sucks. sacked and somebody lands on his because it wasn't it wasn't even a sack. It was a scramble that he slid and he got. Not, saw, I don't even think he slid. We saw the same thing last year. The first half of the season, he was incredible, MVP favorite. Cardinals looking good. He got hurt around the same time last year, around like week eight, nine, ten, middle of the season. In the second half of the year, he wasn't nearly is as Burrell good. The new Russ. Russ doesn't get hurt. Yeah, but he just falls off second half. So yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm still sticking with Kyler. I think Kyler will be okay. Titans versus Rams. Mm. Going Rams. Yeah. I'm going Rams, too. I don't know why I hesitated. Like, yeah, I know. Come on, Rams. man. I mean, without Derek <laughs> I, Henry, I was thinking Derrick Henry. Facts. Bro, I'll be honest. Rams might put 40 on him. Yeah, they might. They might. Bears versus Steelers. I can't it's believe the this is the game. Monday night game. I'd rather watch we got a decent grass Thursday grow. Night, or Sunday night. Uh, what was it? Sorry, Bears-Steelers? Yep. Uh... This is the Steelers should win this game. I think Mike Tomlin, veteran coach, should be able to contain Justin Fields. I mean, he said one good game, but still contain him in the pocket at least. Don't let him get outside. And then, uh, you know, that offense running through Najee Harris, they should be able to have a really good game. Tell you what, it's about to be a sack field day. Yeah, they're about to get to him nonstop. He needs to do a better job of that, reading the field, adjusting, adjusting the the offensive line, reading when the where the defense is coming from. Until I see that, especially against a team that the Steelers has one of the better pass rushers in the league, not gonna pick. I'm not gonna be high on the Bears. I'm going Steelers. I think their offense has been basically the Najee Harris show with a dash of Deontay Johnson when he's in the lineup. He's been pretty great. Claypool, I want to see a little bit more from him. He's had some moments here and there for sure, but at the same time, he needs to be a little bit more consistent. And part of that is in in part of Big Ben being. A shell of what he has been, you know, what we've all been accustomed to seeing. But regardless of all the the the, the, the hate I'm giving to Big Ben right now, I think that he'll do enough to get past the Bears. This is going to be a defensive game. There's not going to be much offense in this one. I got the Steelers winning this one, but it's going to be very close, very ugly, like a like a thirteen to ten type of game. I, like, I think, that. dude, it's going to be low scoring. Elijah Mitchell rushed for like one thirty against them. Najee, we just know the Steelers to... always play down to their competition. You know, it's an excellent point. Yeah, it just excellent always point. happens. Also, Celtics just beat the Magic. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blew them out. Bro said the Magic. <laughs> the Knicks are about to lose, bro. This is ridiculous. You know what I'm tired about? Lakers should be on like a six game winning streak. Six and six. I think we'd be six and two. What's your record? We're five and three, which I'm not upset about. But six in a row, six and two after dropping the first two, 
Ooh, we look good. Our defense could be a little bit cleaner, but we look good. Long season. True. So this is going to do it for this episode of the Pick Us Out Podcast, episode 126. Shout out to Joel for being on the podcast. And shout out to DraftKings for sponsoring this. You can use promo code TBPN. And that's going to do it. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Pick Us Out Podcast. On Twitter at Pick Pod. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.